Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Just Roll Sixes with your special guest host. I'm not a special guest host. I'm just the regular host that's here every week. I take one, I take one week off and it all goes to shit. And I've been broken the rule of swearing within the first three minutes. It really is appalling. Um, <laughs> I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. First three seconds. Perhaps. Yeah, first three seconds. I mean, technically, I guess the two minute countdown would sort of count. But yeah, still too too soon. But um, yeah. So let's try that again. For the podcast people, you're still going to hear this because I'm not going to edit it out. So <laughs> good evening. <laughs> well, welcome to Just Roll Sixes. I'm your host, AOS Pete from the internet. Um, I, as I said, we, we've, we've had a break of a week uh, last week uh, for the uh, joyous reason of um, I had a surgeon cutting into my knee uh, in two places, uh, removing uh, some cartilage from it, stitching me back up and then kicking me out onto the street two hours later uh, and having me walking on it. Yeah, so they were like, we, we're not doing, uh, giving you crutches, we want you walking on it. Um, and uh, the physio said to me... Um, uh, the surgeon doesn't believe in ice or ibuprofen, so um, don't use those. And I was sort of like, I, I sort of said, well, I believe in them. They're real. I've seen them both, um, you know. And he said, no, you can't use those. So last week, uh, I was feeling a bit sorry for myself uh, on the sofa. Couldn't really move my leg. Uh, this week, I've been walking on it. I am sort of mobile. Um, we will be aiming for a two-hour show unless my knee knock, locks up. I fall off my chair. I scream in pain. Any of these things are possible. But what I'll probably do is just crawl out the room, get some painkillers, and let, let my guests carry on the chat. Because let's be honest, that's why everyone's here this evening. <laughs> it's not to hear me. So I'm joined by two very lovely gentlemen from uh, the hobby scene um, who I'm sure uh, need no introduction, as you'll have seen them at events, but I am going to do introductions. So uh, I'm joined by uh, Adam and Lyndon tonight. Uh, so thank you guys for joining me. I know, um, Lyndon, we've had, I think, three times we've tried to get you on on various different dates and stuff. Uh, it's uh, one of the things, isn't it? It's one of the things. Yeah. And um, Adam just went, if you're doing a podcast, I want to be on a podcast. Get me on a podcast. So I was like, okay, cool. Why not get two of the best hobbyists I know uh, on onto the same show and we can talk hobby uh, and they can give you some tips and advice and I can learn some things, uh, maybe improve my armies. Um, so that's me prattling on for like four minutes solid. Um, welcome to everyone in the chat. If you've got questions throughout the show, uh, throw them in the chat. I don't know if the guys have got access to the Twitch, but if not, I'll read out the questions um, uh, to avoid any sort of... Uh, further overloads on system and so on, uh, and to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, and so I'm going to throw over to you. So this is the bit where I go, guys, sort of like Marvel superheroes, you know, or villains, let's hear your origin stories. So I'm going to throw over to the person who's on the uh, top box. So Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your origin story. How'd you get into the hobby, etc. Okay, great question. Uh, so uh, I have, uh, I'm one of those people who never took a break. Um, where there's a few of us but most people had a bit of a break I, I got into the hobby when i was seven or eight years old uh kind of mid 90s um there's a guy i was at school with uh who's in a metal band now which is quite cool so i see them quite often and his mum decided that his birthday party when we were like eight uh was the uh she was going to get us all in to just paint and play the starter set so she bought him oh, I, don't, wow. I can't remember what edition it was maybe fifth edition warhammer fancy battle uh, uh is that right it was Bretonians and lizard men. Yeah, it'd be, so, it'd be around, around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth or fifth, I can't remember. Um, and so we did, and we went like bowling or something first, and then we got home and painting. I was like, oh, that was quite fun. Um, and then a couple of guys in my primary school got Gorka Morka, so I guess it was the same year, like ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe. 
um, and we played some games and we had no idea what we were doing, but we had a lot of fun. Um, and I, I was always quite an arty kid, so I liked the I liked the painting, uh, and I'd I'd already been kind of handed The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings as like holy books by my mum and her brother, my uncle. So I was kind of quite steeped in fantasy in particular. Um, although I did, as we all do, dabble with 40k and sci-fi as well. Uh, and then that was it. I was hooked. Um, I took a big side route into um, Inquisitor when that came out in 2001. Oh, okay. And a 54 mil scale <laughs> models kind of role-playing tabletop fighting game, which I still love. Uh, played a couple of campaigns post-pandemic uh, with quite a broad group, actually. People I knew from school, from uni, and from uh, kind of living and working in London. But at 28 mil scale, because the black <laughs> models are amazing. And, you know, why build terrain twice the size when you don't have to and you live in a London flat. Real estate is expensive. Um, <laughs> that's not just uh, London now. That's everywhere, mate. No, that, that's is, everywhere. that is That is fair. Um, and I, I basically painted and played throughout school uh, and some of my best mates who I still do kind of PlayStation with uh, from school still read the books and quite a few of them have bought a few models kind of during lockdown to what to paint so people are creeping back in after 20 years off yeah uh, and um, yeah so I, d I never really considered myself much of a gamer as much of a hobbyist until um, I guess seventh edition Warhammer Fantasy which was when I was at university uh, and quite a few of the guys I knew there got back into the hobby at uni, which I think is the opposite to most people's experience. Because yeah. we had a really good independent store in Exeter at the time, uh, Imperial, uh, what was it called back then? Uh, Chaos Games or something. Um, it changed names a few times, I think possibly for tax reasons. <laughs> um, and uh, Steve, who ran that, was great. And, you know, we had a good time playing games. Uh, and then 8th actually killed it for me. Um, so I played 40k for a bit. Moved to London, hated going to 40k tournaments, realized that eighth had actually got quite good over the three years with, you know, releases and the game actually fleshing out and um, started going to tournaments around South Coast GT in 2013, I guess, maybe 2014, kind of right just before the end times and then into the end times. And then, uh, yeah, we were pretty much first, uh, first inheritors of AOS. Uh, Mo Ashraf used to play down at Angel a lot, uh, okay. and does again now. Uh, so we always used to go down to Clash, Firestorm 4s, all the kind of Cardiff events because of that connection with Mo, who was also my five-a-side football captain for about four <laughs> years in London, with people like Tom Loyne and what have you. Uh, so yeah, since then, I've been, I was a founder member of uh, Angel um, Wargamers. Basically, when I moved to London, I walked into the first games workshop, the nearest to where I lived, which then was... Games Workshop Angel, run by Matt Flynn, who's kind of a golden deem, golden demon painter uh, these days, uh, and met most of the people I still socialise with ten years later, which is insane um, and amazing. And that's kind of, I guess, a lot of people's stories. You meet people, and you all have something in common, and then we just kind of hang out a lot nowadays. And sometimes we might play a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we we've run a couple of events down at Angel in the past. Um, I was on the Hard Six podcast for years, uh, and then we did Angel Cast for a couple of seasons. So um, yeah, I'm I'm now a commission painter because being freelance sucks. So you have to do lots of different things, mm -hmm. uh, and that basically grew out of the back of me not having a lot to do and everyone I know in London having real jobs and not having any free time, but having quite a lot of disposable cash. <laughs> so you know, with the huge churn of uh, the end times in particular, it'd be like 
like, oh, can you do this unit for me here? Can you do 10 chariots for me by next week? And <laughs> me na naively in my early 20s with nothing in my bank account was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll charge you like a five or an hour, uh, which I don't charge now. Uh, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I've got a backlog and a five or an hour. I've definitely yeah, yeah, got yeah. some stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I think at the moment, at present, I'm kind of, way beyond saturation point and yeah. fucking hate commission painting to be honest. <laughs> uh, i wish i wish i could get out but i'm sitting here commission painting so what can you do <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's it really so i got into the aos tournament scene in a big way um i got briefly quite good at it because order draconis was good and no one knew about it um and everyone loses to it the first time and that's kind of okay um <laughs> and then i've been trying to reached that high ever since <laughs> with uh, varying degrees of success um yeah so that's me brilliant i mean that answers the question i was going to ask of why angel war gaming so thank you for that that's that's brilliant um, angel tube station yeah angel uh, games workshop <laughs> yeah i mean why not you know perfect um we'll we'll come back to uh, and delve into some of the stuff you've uh, you've said there once uh, i've introduced uh, my my next guest um he's a he's the third member of gaff to be on the show um, I was saying before we came on live that uh, it should be just roll sixes with Gaff, or I have to go the other way now and just ban the club from the show for about a month or six months or so. Um, but we'll see. Um, plenty of fans in the chat, though, uh, for, for the Gaff crowd. They always bring a crowd. It's the reason why I have them on so often. So, And also we've got Callum from the Essex Moor Tribes. Uh, he, he's on the show. His dad's letting him be on the show. He's the 14-year-old uh, uh, that was kicking everyone's ass at Carnage uh, uh, last year uh, on the uh, bottom table he went 4-1 so uh, good evening Callum good evening Nick good evening everyone and good evening Lyndon let's introduce you to the show tell us uh, what, what you're about yeah so um, Lyndon from Hull uh, now uh, I mean I, I started playing uh, fantasy I think it's about 13 maybe 12 I remember um, picking up I think it was the uh, Tomb King, some sort of Tomb Kings box I'm playing on the floor of Louis, uh, Louis' house just outside, just outside his bathroom. No idea what we're doing. No idea if the world dies or anything. We really didn't have a clue. Um, after probably a month or two of that, we uh, took him away in the attic, never, never to be seen again. Um, and then just after about uni time, I think is when AOS 1 started. Um, I jumped back into it for a few hours, so... Um, I picked a, I think it was Skaven, I think I got, I think it was Skaven. And I started with Skaven and started painting and um, actually fell, fell in love with it really. Um, I, was, I was so angry at my mum for getting rid of the Tomb Kings because <laughs> I was sat thinking, they'll be worth a fortune set up in the attic. And I went and said, well, where are they? Oh, I threw them out ages ago and I absolutely got it, but there you go. Uh, so yeah, so we... <clears throat> Played Skaven for quite a while, and then I've literally gone from army to army. Um, so Seraphon, Gits, um, Beta Chaos. They all seem to uh, go towards uh, hard armies, and I don't know why, because they actually despise <laughs> painting hard armies, and it just takes it along. Um, so I've played quite, uh, played quite a few games, uh, mainly with Louis and Toby, and then um, we started to get a bit of a group together, which now has become Gaff. Um, so we played quite a few games. I don't play as many games as I wish I did, um, just from work commitments and stuff. Um, but trying to get as many as I can. Um, we started going to the tournaments, and as soon as we went to tournaments, I absolutely loved it. Um, I think one of the first tournaments I went to was Bobo, and I remember walking around 
the tables of Bobo and looking at all these armies and going, this is incredible. Like, I, we, I want to do that, whatever that is, I want to do that. Um, so ever since going to tournaments, uh, I've been trying to get good at Hobbit. I'm not great, um, I'm trying to get better, but um, I just enjoy the aspect of it. Um, I've never been a good gamer. I think the best I've ever gone is 4-1 once at a tournament. Most times, I'm at probably 2-3, so it is what it is. I go for different reasons with other people. Um, I go to enjoy what other people uh, bring to the tables and you know get some ideas for some new things I'm doing. And obviously, the social aspect of it, uh, meeting new people, um, I believe all the, the gap lads going out for a drink after this stuff. Um, so, you know, as, as my hobby journey's gone on, I've just enjoyed it more and more. So, so here we are. So, that's it. so I'm going to pull it back to Warhammer Fantasy just just for a sec. It's um, <clears throat> it's an interesting one. Um, if, if you've listened to the show before, um, Warhammer Fantasy got me into the hobby at like sort of 10, 11, 12, whatever it was. Um, and then I stopped for like, 400 years because i'm older than both of you um and then came back for aos 2.0 with the new scheme book coming in then um, and i never really got to play warhammer fantasy because basically the adults there was an there was a gaming group so my dad was in the air force and um, so he he'd heard that there was a gaming group through some colleagues he absolutely no chance in hell was he going to play these games with me my dad was a you know typical throwback you know bloke in the RAF and you know didn't want to play games and actually I'm saying throwback Mike Stewart I think's in the RAF and he plays Warhammer obviously but my dad mechanic there was no way he was going to play it he did build me some nice gaming boards and stuff because it was quite technical but he was like I ain't going to play this bloody soldiers with you I'll take you to the shop and there's a gaming group so he sort of dropped me off with these uh, random blokes which nowadays would be a safeguarding issue I'm absolutely certain of it and um, I comes back four hours later and he's like, did you get to play? And the answer was no, because my models weren't painted. They told me I couldn't play. So I got gatekeeped at like fucking 11 or whatever. So I, I never really got to play Warhammer Fantasy. I got to play uh, Blood Bowl because I bought a few teams and then played with classmates. I sort of put a league together. So the question I'm going to ask you is, and it's, it's an interesting one, I think, in some respects. Was Warhammer Fantasy any fucking good? Because everyone harks on about this golden age of gaming, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you could you could pivot the army, you could rank and file, and all the rest of it." And you've still got these people that sort of still play it, and then you've got loads of people who are like, "I love Age of Sigmar; it's just so great. I'd never go back." And the old world's sort of coming. From your memories and from your times, was fantasy any fucking good? Floor is yours. Uh, yeah. It was fantastic. Um, it became very bloated and stagnated, and that was more because um, of the production and um, the financial crisis that um, Games Workshop found themselves in uh, from kind of the end of the Lord of the Rings era onwards. Um, they basically made a better game in the Lord of the Rings and then didn't know what to do with fantasy. Um, and a better game in the, the Lord of the Rings game, in my opinion, which I played a lot in 2001, 2002, when the films were coming out, um, was pretty similar actually to AOS 1. Mm. Um, but in terms of sales of miniatures, there was this huge rush into people buying, you know, stuff from the multi Oscar winning films um, and getting into that game. Whereas the hook into something that was Tolkien adjacent, but a bit self referential, a bit darker as well. Mm. I mean, talk about some of the stuff that happens in the lore and kind of the chaos gods. Like, yeah. there's loads of really like 
R-rated stuff actually that happened in the Warhammer Fantasy setting, which is no bad thing, but it could be a barrier for entry, especially when you're aiming the miniatures at like a 12 plus age group. Um, the game itself was fantastic. I think the issue that they had and the reason they killed the world was they couldn't expand. Like if you mm -hmm. release a new book for the Empire, and I know we're seeing the Cities of Sigmar uh, releases in the moment, some of which I love, some of which I don't. Um, but the big difference is like you're doing something new whereas like if i'm if i'm a neckbeard and i've played warmer fancy since it first came out i don't need to buy yeah 20 new halberdiers from you because i've still got the 20 halberdiers that i bought from you 20 years ago yeah so they're not making any money from the game whereas something a bit more sandbox like 40k they're able to make a huge amount of profit from and by virtue of being a sci-fi game was skirmishy and went in that direction anyway and so i'm always a bit thoughtful about like whether the game that we you know loads of people play historical war games and it's mm. tactically very interesting um and i wonder whether the kind of focus on this is a tournament pack and you've got to play it in this way and it's rank and file and therefore this or therefore that or therefore the other and just being pitched battles was to its detriment whereas actually where a lot of the historical war games are successful is in campaign building mm. is in recreating battles um which the rule set absolutely would have allowed for and I thought particularly by the time they're into end times and perhaps they're experimenting with some of the things they've now implemented in the Age of Sigmar rules, it was pretty open-ended and pretty exciting. Um, I could never get my head around like flank charges and wheels and all of that stuff. So that was a complexity that didn't necessarily appeal to me, but it was clearly a lot of fun for people who knew what they were doing and had more skin in the game. Um, so I actually really hope that Old World does super well. I've got lots of friends from back in the day who play Ninth Age. I think the kind of internet straw man argument that everyone who plays Ninth Age is on a keto diet and hates all the <laughs> iOS players is, is is mostly just internet banter. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, and this happened, you know, last year and this year at Clash of Swords um, in Cardiff, like the, the, the best times in Age of Sigmar for me is when... Um, both of both systems were running kind of alongside so you still got the same and this is the main thing about the gaming the same social group mm. um in in the room um and you can play whatever toy soldiers you want but um yeah i, I liked rank and file and figuring out unit fill like hobby again figuring out unit fillers and how you're going to make your heroes stand out because they're in the unit right so they're on a a rock obviously um, <laughs> i liked it but but fuck cannons and fuck dwarves uh, <laughs> i mean shooting's still the bane of everyone's existence in uh, this gaming system lyndon did you oh, shit, yeah. did, did, did you enjoy uh fantasy <laughs> i'm really far less eloquent because i ain't got a clue i i didn't really play it um what i will say about fantasy though is um i remember going through some of the some of the books and looking at the art and i remember looking at it like i think it was the what else I think just just that got my my brain spinning and really got into it. Hence why I bought um, bought some in the first place. Um, so that aspect really got me into it. But playing the game, I didn't play the game. I, I, like I said, I was, it was on the floor of Louis' kitchen. We, we had no idea what we were doing, and it, you know, I only started proper playing uh, when Age of Sigma started. So I can't give you a fair. Uh, I'm not going to be fair. 
Fair enough. Maybe, maybe I'll um, do some controversial topics and get some uh, some old uh, uh, neck beards on and uh, some uh, young whippersnappers uh, to uh, to fight it out and stuff. So, okay, yeah, it was yeah. just an interesting thing where you know, uh, as as I think this is one of the few times where I've had someone on who's played all the way through the systems as opposed to um, sort of taking that big gap and uh, going out and doing other stuff. So, um, you've got your fans in the chat, Lyndon. Uh, so. Uh, uh, Louis, obviously, uh, holy shit, that guy at the bottom is so goddamn hot, hot, hot and sexy. It must be the Tash. Are you pre getting a jump on Movember early, or is it? There's nothing more alpha than a mustache. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's a shame where it's certainly dominance among the GAP members, uh, you know, it's staying. I mean, yeah, some of those guys, I mean, clearly couldn't gl- grow any facial hair uh, and it is oh, louis that i'm on about because obviously mark <laughs> is uh quite facially uh, uh follically superior blessed. to blessed there we go blessed there we go yeah excellent so okay so i brought you guys on uh to talk about hobby um and it's an interesting one because hobby can mean lots of different things to different people so uh for me my hobby is playing the game um, although i started painting but it's an interesting one i started painting models for mindfulness and it sort of, you know, as a distraction and stuff. Then when I actually started playing and I was like, holy shit, I love playing. Painting was then the ne- the barrier in my fucking way uh, <laughs> to get those models onto the table, at which point painting, uh, you know, was just like, fuck this, you know. I, I, and then I discovered I hate building. So buying models, uh, playing, playing, buying models, uh, painting, building. You know, that's my order of play. For, for, for the reasons that uh, you guys are going to share some of your fantastic models and some of the work you've done, for me, I think you're a superior hobbyist because of uh, the skill that you bring to your to your models. And it's not just painting, it's conversions as well. Um, it is um, uh, the theming you'll manage to pull across your armies. It's everything that goes with it. So you're not on just because you can throw a paintbrush on some models. It's actually everything that goes with it. So... I guess question one is, what is it that you enjoy so much about that element, the sort of the modeling and the painting? And I'll throw it open either of you to answer, but what is it that gives you that sort of buzz and enjoyment? Well, I think what you said earlier is quite a good point, really. Like, there's so many aspects of hobby. Some people like painting, some people like uh, um, converting models, some people like basing. Literally, so many things that somebody could like. Um, I... The reason why I like it is one, because I'm terrible at the game, can't win anything, so there's no point in being trying to do that. Um, and I've always enjoyed uh, making something out to be on that nobody else can have on the table. So creating something which um, nobody else has and has a decent theme and something that um, I'm really going to enjoy painting. Um, I enjoy painting. Um, it's not my, my favourite thing, unlike you. Building is probably my top, top thing I enjoy doing. So if I, if I create something... I'll come up with the concept for an army, um, and I really love it. Painting it's not going to be a chore. I'm going, I'm going to paint it. And I'm going to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy getting it onto the table. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a good thing to be in um, the hobby aspect of it. There's so many different things you can do, um, and it's like anything. It's it's so hard to be good. I mean, there's so many there's so many people I see on Instagram and YouTube, and I watch them and think, how how do you do that? It's it's incredible. Um, but just like anything, you've got to keep keep chugging away, keep getting better slowly. 
and as long as you enjoy what you're doing then you know just 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 stick with it um so i i just, I just really enjoy doing it that's the other thing creating my own little world adam yeah i i, I, I hear all of that to be honest uh Lyndon. i think um you said it as well pete like the mindfulness is increasingly part of why if i'm painting for myself at least um do you have time to do that anymore <laughs> No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I took it on pretty much full time during the lockdowns because my other work had dried up, um, and I, I basically bit off more than I could chew, and some of my wo other work came back sooner than I'd anticipated. So I'm I'm basically about a year behind, which makes me very upset. Um, but no, in terms of in terms of painting myself, like the the theming that you're talking about, like um, creating your own world as well. Like I'm I'm interested in the law, and I think the law for Roger Sigmar has developed amazingly over the last uh, how is it how long is it now like eight years? Um, wow, yeah. Um, and I've you know I've been in, I've I've read quite a lot. Actually, I've read a lot more 40k novels than I have fantasy novels in general. Same. Um, same. Uh, I think it. I think they had more money when I was growing up with them, and so the the better authors essentially ended up writing yeah. those. Um, and I think it's. It, I don't read a lot of other science fiction as well. I guess so. It's easier to read forty k science fiction, whereas with fantasy, I have other places that I would go to to read that. Um, but from the from the painting hobby side of things, um, it very much for me was something I was doing, especially with Inquisitor. It's kind of making characters. I played a lot of like skirmish games over the years, so like Mordheim or Necromunda. Um, we even had our own like fantasy skirmish rule set when Mordheim was uh, difficult to get hold of online and um, you know before Discord and WhatsApp and things. Um, so yeah, just really kind of. I never really played D and D though because I think. I think nowadays a lot more people play with models, um, but it's such a visual, um, a visual thing for me. Warhammer um, and the ability to customize stuff, however, like haphazardly, you know, I love, I love seeing a kit bash, especially if it's someone who's new into the hobby and they've like lopped the arm off something that cost them fifty quid for the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking get on with that. What are you going to put there instead? Like that's that's great, and the excitement that people get. Um, I really like uh, PJ Shard uh, on um, on Twitter with his like bit of the day. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. It's like posts up some random. I I am fucking so good at that. <laughs> it's, my it's my favorite game. I've just got this like weird, like completely useless bit of like my brain that knows exactly where things are from, even if it was 20 years ago. And I'm like, that's from that kit. Um, because I just spent so much of my time kit bashing, really. Um, and converting, um, and I, I I really enjoy that, but I fucking hate building models. Um, like for commission, people generally want something to look like it does on the box <laughs> art, and uh, so that's what Darren Watson's for. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd you know increasingly send stuff over to him uh, it, when he has the time if it's for a commission because like I'm I'm not going to build a hundred zombies. I don't even want to paint them, but I've got bills to pay. Um, <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of outsource some of that stuff. But yeah, it's I'd, I've I've only recently got into kind of watching um, YouTube videos of painters because I kind of muddled along and I I did art at A level and I've I've always been kind of an artsy person, so I kind of muddled through and kind of made it up as I went along. But I'm increasingly enjoying, I guess, because I'm working home a bit more having you know whether it's stugs or peachy or trevarian or whoever like on in the background and you do just kind of or i do anyway just kind of osmotically take in information and go oh yeah and like you find out so stuff like slap chart 
you find out, oh, that's actually something that I have done. And mm. then, you know, now there's a name for it and people are excited about it. And I think it's great. Like, I've slapped up a few models because I wanted to paint something. And I didn't want to do it to the standard that I might be being paid to do it. And I don't have the time to do it. And you're just like, well, I want to make something today. I don't want my day to have just been about emails and arguments with people that might give me work uh, it'd be quite nice to sit down and at the end like there's some tangible progress on a thing that's t like physical i wonder if that's why it was the company was so resurgent in the lockdowns as well like suddenly people want to do something so fucking yeah. sick of everything being mm -hmm. on zoom and teams and and all that yeah I, I, d I definitely think there's something in that in that physicality. So I'm not someone who um, uh, plays video games. I, you know, I, I, I have a, I get, I get hyper fixated on stuff. So if I play a video game, I'll play it for like ten hours solid one day, and then that's it. I'll never really go back to it. Um, <clears throat> apart from Football Manager, which I spent like ridiculous amounts of hours playing until I got into Age of Sigma, and then I was like, cool, this is my hobby now. Like I have time for one hobby. Um, and the physicality of moving models just really appealed to me, that that rolling dice, that picking stuff up, that visual, uh, being able to see it. And, um, yeah, so I think it, there's definitely something in that. Lyndon, how did you how did you discover, though? So there, there must have been a point where you went from building the models as normal to going, yeah. right, I'm going to stick a third arm on this model or I'm going to, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I've really, and I'm sorry, because I've just, I've really made it very reductive there that, like, you, you yeah, get this yeah. theme and you just stick a third arm on things, mate. Uh, when, if you looked at some of my stuff, nothing, nothing about <laughs> So where, what was the point? What was the, the that that, that uh, switch was flipped where you went, okay, I'm going to build it according to the instructions and now I'm going to build this a bit differently. Where, what happened? Yeah, so um, like I said earlier, I mean, going go to the, the tournament and seeing all these beautiful arms on the table and I was like, right, well, I, I want to get an arm on the table, which I really enjoyed and I really took some time doing. So I think the first proper army um, that I um, built um, and painted to a decent enough standard was, uh, I think it was a Gitz army. Um, and I had quite a lot, of, probably 4k points uh, worth of gifts, all built how they should be built. Um, and, and I was really happy with them. Um, but then, then again, it started going to more tournaments and started seeing people doing some crazy conversions. And then I started going on Instagram and YouTube and seeing what the people have done. And to be fair, but for a, a decent amount of time, I was a bit, bit nervous and a bit dubious about doing something like that because I thought. There's no way that I'm, if I start trying to emulate what they're doing, I'm going to do anything like that. Um, so it did take me to a fair, a fair few months to, to have the balls and think, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to stick some stuff together. I'm going to have a, have a um, concept in my head. I'm going to stick with it. And I'm just going to try and build something crazy. Um, and then, to be fair, I, I've not walked back. Um, luckily, with the whole hobby aspect, I'm, I'm a little bit OCD in the fact that I don't like throwing stuff out. So if ever I bought a kit, I would clip all the parts off it and put them into a big box. And I mean, if there's one thing I could I could say to anybody who wants to do any sort of converting or like, make things look unique, get a big a big a bits box because the things you can do with a bit a bits box is, is just incredible. The amount of time you look at a model, think, oh, I wish you had that. You look at your bits box and there it is, you've got it with you. Um, and when I started converting things and building things. Um, I mean, converting and building things, it's such a wide array of things you can do. With. You can literally pop an arm, put another arm on, or a, or a weapon, change a weapon or anything. But just the littlest touches can really make something pop. 
um, or really fit into that 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 um, theme you've got going. So I started doing little things like that, and then I started getting a bit more braver, um, and then I started buying models which are way too expensive to be cutting up, and then I started cutting up things, um, and you just get a bit more confident and got more and more confident, and then now, um, you know, I've got we've got a good project on the go, which I'm sure you'll see later, which, um, I mean, Arpion uh, and Stormdrake and Karazai uh, are caught up and put into something. But, um, yeah, this this sort of part of the hobby, the building stuff, I've just got more confident with it, and I've really found my niche is what I enjoy. Um, I'm by far not the best at this. There's a lot of people who are much better than I am. Um, but that's the part of the hobby I really enjoy. And like I said, with that, because I love the model, I love painting it, and then so I don't mind painting it, and then... You know, my downfall is that I take too long though. Even I do the littlest things that nobody will see and nobody will care about, but I just can't help myself but try and perfect everything. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I got into the converting thing and building things. So um, just slowly over time, getting more and more confident and uh, having the balls to, to make something bigger and better and something more unique. Something more unique. Brilliant. I mean, it's um, uh, they say that every coin has two sides. So I'm like the opposite of you. So, uh, but but with some di- with differences. So this box that's a giant. I think that's maybe a twenty liter box or something. That's my bits box. So I actually pretty much keep nice. every uh, every bit with no intention ever of doing anything with it. So I, I so, <laughs> but but again, I keep it all. I go through a phase every sort of, and this will probably you both cringe and go, Pete, don't do that in the future. And if I if I had a car, I would definitely just take the bits of tournament. But every now and again, I'll hit a point where I'm like, shit, I need to throw some stuff away or I'll... Or I, I try to clip it off first so that I, I take up less space yeah. and it's not just sprues. But then I'll be like, I need to just throw some stuff away. And I like... If I've got a car going in the future, guys, I'll just stick it in a bag. I'll take it to the tournament and just leave it at the front and say whoever fucking wants it, <laughs> wants it. But at some point, this box will have to go and I will put a call out and people can just sort of take what they want from it. Because I've bought so many different fucking armies. There's just so much in there. But where you're saying you take so much time painting every little detail, I'm like, if it's at this angle, no one will fucking see it. So I'm not painting that <laughs> bit. And uh, yeah, and I will also intentionally leave bits off models. So I probably couldn't sell some of my armies because I haven't put all the bits on because I'm like, that doesn't need it. Don't have to fucking paint that. Um, and then regret regret it later because I'm like, oh, why don't I just spend the extra 10 minutes? But yeah, so, okay, that's really cool. Do you use, um, when you're doing your conversions and stuff, do you use pretty much all stuff from GW bits or do you 3D print stuff? Do you pick up yeah. other models? What do you do? Yeah, so I, I only ever use stuff from GW. Um, I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I just put a limitation on myself where I'll only use things from GW. I might use the odd uh, 3D printed bit for uh, something from a base, like a pillar or or something, but everything on the model will either be um, something from a hobby store, like uh, some paper clips or something, um, or everything else will be from GW. So, um, yeah. Which I can see Adam sh- uh, nodding along to that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Adam, is that because you're you're nodding because it means that he can play it at GW Warhammer World events if he wants to? Is that the nodding? Yeah, and it's kind of a cautionary tale on my end. Um, I don't give a shit about Games Workshop; but they do very well. I like what they make, um, but if I want to make something look cool, historically I would do what I want, and I, I've had bits on armies from all over the place. Uh, you know, way before 3D printing, uh, kind of. Stuff from Poland or whatever, like extra parts. 
Um, I went to, this is now an admission, but I, I went to Warhammer World years ago. I'd done this incredible, uh, one of my favorite things I'd ever done, a huge wood elf forest dragon um, converted from a carnosaur with a war dancer as a glade lord on top of it, where I'd like sculpted basically the whole of the guy. He had a long spear from the Colonel Hunter's swords and like there was like probably 40 or 50 different kits involved in, in making it. And in my bits box, which is massive and ridiculous and takes up the whole of the bit of the flat over there. And my fiance hates it. Um, there, there was just this little Celtic shield with loads of kind of runes and stuff on it. And it looked perfect. And I was like, oh, I think that's from a dwarf guy. So I stuck it onto the back of him and painted it up. And after I'd painted it up, I was like, uh, maybe that's from one of the ski board dwarves, actually. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, who cares? Who fucking cares? When am I going to Nottingham? Anyway, it turns out, you know, immediately, uh, I went to do, um, you know, a 2K, whatever the events that they do are called, like match play. Draconis was super good. Um, and uh, yeah, I got, um, I essentially got what would have been a painting nomination there. Um, and at the time I was kind of, the, when the painting rankings were, um, before they were run by um, uh, Pro Painted, I think they were still run by Ben Curry. Uh, anyway, I'd, I'd been in and out of the top five that season for painting. And I was like, oh, fantastic. It's a big GT at Games Workshop. Got the army I'm most proud of ever that I've done. There's three dragons in the army. There's 30 like knights. All of the heads are converted. There's free-handed banners on everything. Like There's some of the best work I've ever done. And um, John, who was running the event, took me aside. He's like, I can't nominate your army. It can't go in the cabinet. I was like what i don't know what you're talking about um and it's just this one little shield on it and Fuck. i was fucking gutted man and it was also because the nominations had taken place um at lunchtime on the first day and i'd been tabled by ko while they were still giving the announcements at the start of the day i fucking hadn't even hell. rolled they hadn't they hadn't Jesus. actually set off the first round and he just tabled my army <laughs> in, the, uh, in the first battle round so i was like oh fuck this so uh yeah i tend not i don't go to gw that much i love going to warhammer world um and i now have enough armies that if i'm going to go to warhammer world it's probably doubles or something so i don't care as much um and they were perfectly happy with like my resin cast basis my ogres and what have you but yeah i guess once bitten twice shy i've been much more kind of gw focused since then and that was probably like 2017 or 18 so it's a while now and i'm still like fuck <laughs> that could have been it that could have been the big win that could have been the white dwarf slot that could have been oh. you know the hobby dream uh and i kind of killed it for myself just by i guess being a bit naive a bit like oh well done either what other part of my brain was like either they won't notice or it doesn't matter when it's on the back of the model as well yeah. it's not like he's holding it. it's like slight anyway fuck's sake no so the, the the only reason I'm sort of so aware of the uh, the GW um, con uh, constraints is because um, yeah. I go to a lot of tournaments with um, Alex Ghost Arm Jones, obviously uh, another good painter and stuff. Yeah, I can repping Carnage uh, headgear yeah. there. He'll be pleased to know about that. Um, and he's got a a lovely Stormcast army, which is or his Tombcast army. Yeah, and he's got amazing. Yeah, they? he's got like three D printed uh, heads or something or sculpted specifically for it. And he's like, I can't take it to Warhammer World, so he never really uses it. Um, and I mean, it's, again, it's not like he goes to loads of uh, GW events, but he sort of it's sure. prompted him to sort of put that on the shelf and and run other stuff. Um, yeah. uh, but ironically, there are occasions when GW have like 
put stuff in White Dwarf or tweeted it out as model of the week or yeah. put face on stream and someone's gone, ha, 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 that's that's not an official model, that's that. Because people love pointing out cock-ups, yeah. obviously. Especially if it's Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like we, we we love to hate the company at times, it seems. So, um, so Adam, what, what sort of pro- got you... So I asked Lyndon what was the point that where he moved from being a sort of hobbyist into converting and, and doing stuff. What was, what was the point um, for you, would you say? I- I don't know that this is a helpful answer, but I honestly don't ever remember building a stock model. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I guess when I got into the hobby, it was right when the first wave of the multi-part plastic uh, regiments for uh, Warhammer Fantasy came out. So there was already inbuilt that sense of uh, customization. And there was very much built into the Space Marine range at the time as they're releasing the that first upgrade sprue for the Space Wolves after the Jez Goodwin um, yeah. kind of kit. There was, you know, there were kit bash articles in White Dwarf. So it wasn't like, I think, um, so it's an interesting conversation I had actually with Matt Flynn, who I mentioned before, who used to run Games Workshop Angel, a couple of years into Age of Sigmar, and he'd fallen out of playing really because he was becoming more of a painter. He wasn't working for Games Workshop anymore. He said he'd been along and seen a tournament and was like, the thing that had turned him off Age of Sigmar, ironically, uh, which is really ironic hearing what Lyndon was talking about coming into the scene when he did, is that what Matt had seen was that compared to the days of Warhammer Fantasy with the unit fillers and the custom characters and the fact that base sizes were actually quite intrinsic to the rank and file nature of the game, meant you could be really, you could really do customization. Um, and he really saw that there was nothing going on in Age of Sigmar. So one of the things I've really enjoyed is seeing actually over the last three, four years, it's massive exploded in terms of customization you've got stuff like ben savas stuff out there which is obviously just like next level yeah um obviously uh alex's stuff is incredible um and just there's just so many like little individual riffs on armies going on uh that it's really exciting but yeah for me it was just kind of like that's what the hobby was in about two in about 1999 2000 uh all of the golden demon entries in the white dwarfs they were like absolutely unrecognizable from the original model and like that's when it's pewter models right so it's people with a fucking hacksaw and green stuff and like bits from holfords yeah (laughs) yeah figuring out what they're going to do and i I actually think about it now like the first game i played was gorkamorka and gorkamorka like the campaign that was run in it was like yeah they released a couple of orc buggies but pretty much all of the studio stuff was like the studio was showing you pictures of remote control cars that they'd smashed yeah. up, added plastic card to, mesh to, and there might be an orc <laughs> on top of it, but maybe it was a Warhammer fantasy orc that you'd given a gun to, you know. So like, yeah, it, it was a no, it was a no-brainer to me. And so if if anything, the contrary, when I started playing more seriously, I was really confused when people like introduced me to the concept of WYSIWYG. and like I was like, <laughs> well, I've told you what he is. You've got a copy of my list. Uh, there's only there's only one guy that stood on a rock. Like that's the that's the guy. Uh, and people are like, no, that's that's not how the game works. And I was like, oh, okay. That's that's an interesting one, actually. Again, so do do you encounter? And I, I think I certainly hear more from the forty k side, and that may disappear now, seeing as that um, most weapons. And in case you're not aware, the new version of forty k, they've gone AOSE in the sense that it's all condensed the weapon choices yeah. in. It's built into yeah. the points. Um, but previously, it was very much, you know, 
it was WYSIWYG. You know, you had to have, like, if it was a bolter, it had to be a bolter. If it was a LAS cannon, it was a LAS cannon, um, yeah. and so on. Whereas Age of Sigmar, I've, I've sort of found it's more like, like you say, this is my list. As long as I'm not running three different units with three different loadouts, but they all look the same or I can't tell what they are. Yeah. Have you ever had situations where your opponents have turned around to you and said, look, mate, are you taking the fucking piss? I can't tell what your army is. I can't see what this is. You're a bell end. I'm not playing you. Not once. Um, the only time I've ever actively made sure that that didn't happen was actually the last time I went to Warhammer World, um, which was a positive experience. Uh, I went and did doubles in the end with Kieran Allender. I was supposed to go with my housemate Andy, but he was sick. Um, and I took my ogres. You've seen my ogres. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah. Ice, ice basing, resin cast ice basing. Uh, and I just sent them a couple of pictures to be like, just so you know, and again, me not really understanding what they're about. I was like, just so you're okay about the bases. They're like, yeah, we don't give a shit about bases. But what is that supposed to be? And I was like, oh, right, that's an icebreaker hunter. And what's that? I was like, oh, well, that's a frost. Clearly, that's a frost lord on Stonehorn. And they're like, this is not clear. And I was like, okay. So obviously, it's just a thousand points. So I only had a few models yeah. with ogres. So they said, what you like as long as the base sizes are right and your opponent is happy, then we're happy. Um, and what they advised to me to do was to make an A4 document that was an image of what it was with the thing next to it and hand it out to my opponents. Not a single opponent asked to see it in order to understand what the thing was. But I also wrote down like what parts I'd used and like what the conversion process was. And like people were quite keen to see that. But nobody yeah. in Age of Sigma gives the shit what your model should look like. They're like, that's cool what are its effects and if i forget tell me again so that's my experience i don't know about you lyndon i completely agree what adam said um everybody's just every i've played has been couldn't care less they really the thing is if people know you've spent this much time painting building doing whatever they know you're probably going to be shit at the game so, <laughs> so, so they don't really, care <laughs> so if, if you ever laugh against me you know you beat me most of the time so but yeah, I mean, as long as, as, long as something is not just so completely different to what it should be, or or like something else, then nobody, nobody cares. Um, I mean, I'm there for different reasons than somebody else. Um, yeah. So I think everybody that I've ever spoke to or been against knows that I understood they don't care. If, if like uh, Adam said, if I need to uh, do a sheet or stick a bit of paper with what it is next to it and i'll do that it doesn't matter to me whatsoever um but yeah nobody's cared every tier has been spot on and um yeah no issues brilliant i think um, there's only one occasion where i've come across conversions and i've gone i literally like I, I i genuinely i'm struggling here i really could have done with like nameplates on so um it was at carnage uh uh, uh john um i forget his last name but he does the, the conversion so he had his giants so it's four models and they're like war of the worlds-esque i don't know if you've seen them on twitter and stuff oh, okay yeah and oh, i just God. yeah so and i just couldn't like it was the first time playing against giants uh so i'd never played against them and there's four models they all look different and i'm like or no i think it was three and he had some of the baby gargants so i knew which were the baby gargants because the base size and i was just like what's that one cool i don't know what it does but yeah cool you could literally be saying that's the the, the that and whatever and i was just thinking if you'd have just put little name plates on them on the front we just printed what they were or something i'd have been like that's so yeah. cool but i was like oh god i mean ultimately it didn't affect my gameplay because i was playing ogres so it was literally like fucking charge three frost lords into a gargan it'll take it down and then i'll move on to the next one but it was just the only time where i've hit that conversion bit and i've gone like ah right so 
everybody's listened to sort of how you're in, into the hobby. Lyndon, let's show the people what they want to see. Let's, 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 and I don't mean take your top off before Louis jumps in. Oh. Um, we are a nudity free zone. We might do a hot tub session live from the Gaff Jamboree uh, event later in the year. We'll do some live streaming. But for now, when I say show the people what they want, I mean, let's see some of your fantastic work, mate. Yeah, no worries. Uh, where am I trying to start? I mean, I've got the project I'm working on now, or wherever you want, mate. Wherever you want. Okay, let me see if I can get us to work first. Is that working? Uh, uh, it's coming up with what stream? It's not coming up with the um, the models. Okay, okay. Um, let me try again. I told you I'm terrible with this. You, yeah, you got it first time in rehearsals. Rehearsals? I, know, I mean, that's No. Ah. Hey, if you click. Ah, there we go. Does that work? Yes. Yes, that's probably. Yes, that might well be my fault. It is there now. So if you double click on one, it'd be perfect. Do you want to zoom in just as. Yeah, zoom in just ever so slightly. Yeah, perfect. So. Awesome. This looks fantastic. Talk us through it. Yes. So after I did my um, my kits, um, I wanted to make something big and scary, but that's, that's all I want to do. And like I said earlier, I'm always drawn to hard armies. So um, Beast of Chaos is what I was going with. And I was like, what's the biggest model in the Beast of Chaos range which I could convert? Um, and so I thought, right, I know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some sort of Gorgon. So uh, I went through the um, Forge World and the GW website and just looked through some things that I could use for the body to base. Um, and I, I found the, 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 I don't know his name, the Corn Guy from Forge World. I'm not, I'm not yeah. clear what he is. Um, but I've, I've always looked at that model and thought, I love it. That was probably my favourite model I've ever seen. So I'm like, right, I'm buying that. So I bought that um, and just started hacking away and converting. So this, I mean, it's quite a simple conversion, really. I mean, the body is just of him, whatever his name was. Um, I've not used the weapons. I've not used the head. Um, so I've literally just built the, the weapons myself. With a simple head head swap and um, a very small amount of green stuff, um, but that is really what this guy is. And I, I, I love this guy. He's probably one of the favourite things I've got, even though it's one of the first and most simple. Um, but I mean, I mentioned the weapon. These are bits from ogres. Chains. Chains are such a good thing to use. You can put chains in everything. It makes it look cooler. And the cheaper chips you can get them from any any hobby store. Um, so it's literally ogre bits, chaos shield, I think there's a, a gore shield there, and the gorgon head. Um, and then that was literally all that was. Um, so, I mean, yes, an expensive model, but you can do something very similar with sort of something a lot cheaper. Um, and from here is when I really started, um, at least I converted other, other bits and bobs. Um, so that would be my first thing. Just before we, so just just because uh, there'll be people watching who sort of might not have, um, uh, you know, aren't as clued in. So obviously you you've added bits in there. So I know what it is. Uh, so filling those gaps. What what's the process for filling the gaps where you might not have quite a clean connection? Yeah. So I mean, because this is a different type of plastic. Obviously, it's a forge world resin stuff, which isn't great to work with really. Um, no. So filling fill the gap there is um, with just simple green stuff. Um, I mean, I, I pinned the model, um, so I literally drilling the holes in different parts to make sure the connection was better, um, because again, it's not great to stick with. So 
I stick it literally stick a paper clip through one end and stick it through the hole, bolt your uncle hole, and then glue it, and it just gives it a bit more stability because these models are quite heavy um, for the forge wheel stuff. Um, so it was literally pinned, and then once it was pinned, green stuff in, and then you can get a lot of tools, um, like little rubber tools. I think I'm not sure if you use the clay or what, but um, you can literally just mold that to what you want. And the worst case, if you if you see a gap which you think there's no way I'm, fit, I'm filling that, if you have any sort of shield, armor plate from anything else, you can stick it over the top and cover it and nobody will know. They will not have a clue that it was even there. Um, so there's many ways to fill them gaps. The easiest is green stuff if you can do it, but um, like I said, if it's small or something you can easily cover, then just cover it because nobody, nobody knows it's there and it's going to stay there forever. So stick something over the top of it. And again, sorry, I just because even even that that level might be technical. What is green stuff at its essence, and where can you pick it up from? So green stuff is basically just like a some sort of molding putty kind of thing. You can get it from anywhere, really. You'll get a, a blue sheet and a green sheet, um, and you sometimes come stuck together side by side. You'll basically cut it off, roll it in your hands, bit of water, keep rolling until it goes um, like a dark green. And then when that dries, it'll become rock solid. So you basically mould that round your, your model, fill the gap. There you go. Perfect. Um, yeah, exactly. So you cut it, mix it together, a bit, of, a bit of water, become really, really malleable. And once you, it's been on there for probably, I'll leave it 24 hours at least, it'll, um, it'll get a lot harder and it'll just look like a party model. Um, so it's, it's, I wish I was, a lot, I was good with this stuff because... If you're good with it, you can be really good with it. Um, and I mean, there's an Instagram account called, I don't know if you've seen it, called Fat Frog Paint. This guy is incredible. He uh, makes certain Nurgle things out of this green stuff. And he just, I can't believe how somebody could that good with it. He's, he's incredible. Um, so you can do a lot with it, but then it's also used for the very, you know, the most simple things to fill gaps, to cover bits, to cover schools, or anything that you want to show. But it's really easy to use. But, if you if you wanted to do some sort of hobby, I'd start using green stuff. But just play around with it. Just play around with it. It's cheap. So it won't cost you anything. Brilliant. Uh, sorry to get really technical, but I know there might be people who watch it back oh, or, or or listen back yeah. to. It. Apologies if you are listening it to to the podcast. Um, Lyndon has on the screen a uh, <laughs> a lovely model which looks fantastic. Uh, what I would recommend is head over to Twitch twitch.tv backslash uh, AOSP watch the show again you'll see that you'll see the models uh, that uh, we, that Lyndon and uh, Adam will be showing um, but yeah just wanted to get technical on the green stuff just because um, people are listening and thinking oh my god how can I follow what these guys are doing um, it's, it's just some good tips okay show us your next model right we'll get rid of that um, so then after doing my basic chaos there was some other small um Small bits and bobs, but this is the first army that I really um, started painting. I wanted this to be a, a proper hobby project, so I wanted to make every model in this army converted. So, I mean, this is just a shot of the whole army, but um, I'll go into depth in a minute. Um, but it's a slate dark army. Um, just, just going through. I mean, the Marauders um, at the front are converted from um, Ungar bits, from um, flagellants. We've got the Wolfen behind them, all from Space War bits and Marauders. Um, most of it's got some sort of um, Space Wolf element um, to it. Um, but then, I mean, there's so many bits I use for just stuff I found, which fits the theme. 
um, in my bits box. So this was the arm I really wanted to build and do something pretty crazy, crazy with. Um, so they, just, 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 sorry, just go back to to that one a no, sec. No, no. So, um, there, there's a rumor going around that you started the display board wars. Uh, with this, that people saw this at uh, events and uh, were suddenly like, oh my God, now it's not just good enough to be good at converting and painting. You now need a display board that looks great. Um, and there are display board boards. If you scroll out though, you are you're letting your, the side down by just having a paper uh, bit. And this is carnage, I can tell because of the blue carpet in the background. Yeah. But this is just there. The nameplate wars have now started. So it's display board. Now you need it like a, a printed nameplate for your display board. It's getting ridiculous. You know, how, how can us mere mortals ever compete? But yeah, brilliant. So yeah, but this I think was the oh. first proper display board that I saw uh, at an event that I thought, wow, that guy's really gone, you know, gone to town with it. So yeah, brilliant. Cheers. Well, I mean, again, never done this display board before, so I thought I'm going to try this. This is the army that I love. I'm going to try and do it. The display board could not have been any easier. I mean, it's not a great display board. It needs some verticality to it, but. The, the ship is a 3D printed ship, and then it's literally a bit of paint on the bottom of a, um, a board of MDF with some resin on the top of it, and then you scratch it with a knife, scratch it with some sandpaper, and voila, a bit of snow. It's, it's really simple to do. Um, and if, if anybody sees any of your stuff and is wondering how to do it, just feel free to contact me. I'm more than happy to, to explain how I've done it, but that was a really simple one. Um, I was really happy with the, the ice and how about Sean? Um, so I'll just show a few bits of them. Um, so I don't go to this video on play. That's just not. But uh, so, some. so these are the chosen. Um, so again, with, with this with this idea, it's, it's, it's very easy if you've got something you can dip into with a lot of um, thematic like iconography. So for example, all this with a lot of Space Wolf stuff. A lot of Space Wolf stuff is, and there's so many Space, space Wolf models, there's so many bits you can use and it just makes things a lot easier. So, I mean, these are um, the, uh, what are they? The Kong uh, Marauders, is it Marauders? No. Well, uh, is it, uh, Blood Warriors? No, no, Blood Warriors, the Weavers, the Blood Weavers, yeah, there you go. Blood Weavers. Blood Weavers bodies <clears throat> with um, Space Wolf claws from the Wolfen, uh, Wolfen heads, I think the Wolfen shoulder pads as well. Um, so that was basically merged in two kits, and it was just really simple. The How to attach the claws, how to attach the heads were, again, pretty simple. There was maybe the only small gap which I had to fill green stuff, but it was literally a case of just trimming a little bit down, keep trying, keep trying until it fits, and voila, there we go. So where, so where, quite... where did you get the um, the idea, where did the concept come from to do it like this ice ice wastelands? Honestly, I'm not too sure. I just, I just thought I, um, I like walls. I like the idea of something to do with walls, and, and this whole army was built on the concept of a, like a some sort of a clan that worshipped this wolf god cool. and still like the children because they were high in the pecking order they'd slowly been transformed into wolves and every old worship this one uh, god called Fenrir so it just sort of like I built the first model which I think was the uh, the uh, Kaethorier and I just kept building on it building on it and kept building this narrative and um, so that, that's, that's really where it came from cool 
So, I mean, I won't go further with it, but I mean, this is probably the, my favourite uh, model in the, what I did for it. So this is Chaos Lord and Manta Car, which I use it as. Um, That's awesome. This had loads of uh, different types of bits and bobs to it. I mean, the wings are from a, uh, the actual Manta Car. The body is a, um, uh, a guy out of the, uh, what's a death mini game thing? Oh, it's uh, Radicar the Beast. That's the one, Radicar the Beast. The head was just from a um, Pedrigian Wolf. The, the hand was from a, both hands were from an Ogre kit. Um, there was other bits and bobs, which from the Space Wolf, uh, Space Wolf kits. Um, and then the, the base, very simple to do. It's literally just bits of, bits of cork back with some paperclip bent in position. So it looks like it's floating on some sort of like uh, ice. Uh, really quite, quite simple to do. Um, uh, again, yeah, different uh, shot from it, but brilliant. And and what are you working on current? Oh, oh, sorry. No, I like oh, that. No, I like no, that. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. This was a guy off the off the, uh, the the war shrine, which I didn't use. Um, so <laughs> I just thought I'd turn into a say it's uh, uh, chaos a lot. Um, but again, very simple. Just a few bits of of different kits. Really easy to do. Um, but at the moment, um, I'm trying to do. It's, I call it a This Is Sigma uh, project. It's basically a Greek style, Greek style um, Stormcast um, who worship again dragons. Uh, this, so I looked through all the kits and the thing I could see the most dragony was from Fire Slays. I've got quite a few Fire Slays bits. Um, are are so, the bodies here? I'm going to try and show some knowledge. Are the bodies acolytes? Well, Is it acolytes? Bodies of Acolytes, yeah. See, oh, go on, Pete, with some knowledge. Way. <laughs> Let's go. Can you, can you guess any more? Can you guess any more bits? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, uh, the spears do look familiar. I'm trying to. Hmm. No, give up. Yeah, I mean the helmets are obviously, like you say, they're fire slayers. The yeah, so so so, so the the helmets are from um, these guys are from I think the some sort of. I think it's the old Chaos Warrior helmet or uh, yeah. Chaos Marauders, I think. Can't which one. And then the top, the top part of the yeah. against Fire Slayers. Yeah. Shields, the shields from Prosecutor with the um, iconography kind of scraped off. The top of the spears from Prosecutor and the bottom, and the bottom little bit of spears from Prosecutor as well. Um, and then the, the the cape was green stuffed. Um, which, wow. Again, I'm 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 not great with green stuff. But I really want to try and get better. So I tried to do some capes to to make things look good. I kind of feel that Spartan, that Spartan role. Um, so there's a group shot of them. Um, again, all built with the same. So I've done, I think I've done 15 or 16 of these now. Um, and then we'll slowly move, into, move on to the bits, but that's the back of the capes. Um, um, yeah, I was really happy with how they turned out. So this guy is the guy I'm trying to paint at the moment. You probably see him just behind me over here. Um, but this is an Archeon base with um, a uh, star draped feet, um, uh, chest plates, other bits of armor from a star drape, um, the tail from a star drape, which had to um, change, and there's a bit from Kara's eye as well, which I put into it. So, anybody again with the green stuff, you can see the green stuff there where that big block of green stuff was with a massive cavity in his chest. Um, so, I have to make a bit of like a, some scaffolding. With yeah. uh, some some bits of the um, sprue you get, and then built some green stuff over the top of it to make a bit of a chest. You know, it looks a bit uneven there, but I can tell you it's a little bit better than that. 
Um, and then I tried to every other bit of green stuff, I'm literally filling over with skulls, which I didn't think really fit with the, the aesthetics. So every other bit of green stuff is covering some sort of um, crack or skull in the guy. So I'm currently painting in, which is taking me further. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm really, I'm really happy I've turned out at the moment. So hopefully I'll paint it to something decent. So I, mean, yeah. I won't take up too much of your time, but I'll just. No, no, it's fine. A few bits. Um, it's a massive kit, isn't it? Oh, huge. It's I'm doing massive. I'm doing one for a client at the moment that's a zombie dragon, so it's got the nice. that cavity is a nightmare, so it's got the neck coming down from the the actual zombie dragon kit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's so big. It does take some real ingenuity to try and find a way to deal with these problems, but there's no way she can take it on if you want. You'll find a way. There's, there's yeah. people who do some amazing things. So it's only just a matter of time. Um, this guy is my uh, knight in Cantar proxy, so. I think he was a night relictor, I think he was. Um, and then again, just run a bit from the bits box, um, trying to find me dragon related things I could use on it. So, in um, so, how how many hours would you th do you think from start to finish oh, on that model, including painting, would you say that you put in this model? Not as much as the other probably. So, this one I've probably taken probably took me about probably an hour to build it, and then painting probably probably two or three. Maybe if I just just time on that, um, I, it could be more than that. I don't really know, but it's, it's too long. I should do it a lot quicker, but I, just don't. I, to, I go over steps a thousand times. Um, so yeah, nine cantor. Um, these are a star guard. guard. Um, I say don't use three D three D printed bits, but the fire at the bottom, at the bottom right, that's from nice. I think the print studio. Yeah, I saw right. those. Yeah, they they were quite cool. They were selling them as um, the resin, um, yeah, uh, attachments, it. basements. Yeah, they're quite cool. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, that's one all that is. Uh, other bit is just a bit of uh, AOS terrain. I'm not sure where from. And a bit from the uh, endless spell from the Beast of Chaos. I think is the Dire Flock. I think. Um, but yeah. yeah, again, there's there's a lot a lot of bits you can use from from different you know, different companies, different different bits. Let me try and find something else in there. Hand over to Adam. So, I mean, that is a shot of the bits that I've done up to now. So, I mean, they've got the chariot. I'm using the guy straight in the middle of the Zephyros. So, the Zephyros has two weapons, hence why he's got two swords. The guy on the left, um, he uses Gardas at each end base. And obviously, the um, the, the uh, Spartans at the back, which are going to be my uh, um, Vindicators, I think it is. Vindictors. Um, so Vindictors, there you go. You need a Bastion in there. You need a Bastion. Do you know I've been I've been looking at Bastion. I've got a few ideas. Oh, he's the he's the um, man. He's uh, I, I don't I don't put a storm uh, cast army on the table unless he's in the list. Uh, <laughs> he's a bit of a chat. Yeah, narrative player. Yeah, no, yeah, narrative player. Yeah, absolutely. When you can roll sixes like I can, that that sort of touch of thunder in in the uh, hero phase is fantastic. I mean, I've never actually. When I've named it to my opponent, I've never once got the actual name of the ability right. I'm like, it's like the flying thunder, it's the lightning storm, he reaches down, all these things and stuff. And it's just like, anyway, that's five mortal wounds, by the way. And they're like, what? It's like, well, you know. Like, it's the thing with the sixes where <laughs> yeah. you cry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, they, they they look absolutely fantastic. So how many more um, units are you planning on putting into into the army? Um, so I think I've got so I've got a big guy to finish. I want to finish with him. Um, I, I, I always change my list, so I'm, I'm not 100%, but I've probably got, I think I've got a, 
a um, one of the Luminesh um, ballistas I'm going to use, um, and then I think potentially one more hero, but that's it. So we're not we're not too far away. Probably hopefully in a, in a few months. I'm really trying to get it ready for carnage. I'd love to be for carnage. So right. Okay. If if everything goes to plan, I've got some time. I'll I'll try and get done for carnage. So so you must be one of the few players out there who actually hates points going down, so that you have to put more stuff into the army. You know what? When I looked at the, the Starcraft points recently, everything's gone down by like like at least 10, 20 points. Yeah. I'm thinking that's that means it's something else I need to think about. It's something else I need to paint and gutting. Yeah, yeah, it is. What it is. So, um, I mean, they, they look absolutely fantastic. And if you if you get them out to Carnage, I can't wait to see them on the table and uh, and, and see them uh, on display. Before we sort of move over to uh, Adam and sort of uh, he showcases some of his stuff, um, have you won many painting awards for the for, for your armies? Have you have you? Um, you yeah, doing? to be fair, I've won, I've won, I've won a few. Um, I think uh, I've got one at Boba, Carnage. We recently went to. Um, I think it's broken realms in Scotland. The uh, one of our members, JJ, shout out JJ. Um, I went to see him playing the tournament, and I was lucky enough to, to, to win something there. Um, so yeah, I, I won a few, and to be fair, it gives you a good, a good boost of confidence. Um, good boost of confidence when you when you win some that and get some recognition. But even if even if I don't win, I'm not there to win awards. I'd like to, to you know, show my stuff off to people, and people enjoy it and great, fantastic. Brilliant. Um, so yeah. Excellent. Thanks for showing us those. Um, uh, I'll have some questions for you both about the, the, the post-painting process uh, once we've had a look at some of Adam's stuff. So I think you all need to... Yep, and then if I click close stream. Yep, there we go. And Adam, you should be able to throw some of your works up. So watch. Okay, let me know how the resolution is on that. Is that okay? Can you see it? Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. Wicked. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, Oh, you've paused this preview to save your resources. Oh, that's just me. You can see it. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to go this through this in a pretty haphazard way. Uh, you should have a Lariel on your screen. Yep. Uh, but in slightly different format. If I look to just go to the next image for a moment, um, that's a lower res image because it's pulled off Twitter this afternoon. Um, <laughs> basically, there's a description in the, um, well, which is now the description on the war scroll, actually, but it used to just be um, kind of, story text in the first Sylvaneth uh, battle tome, which said when Alariel moves her like big bug guy, shatters into a thousand uh, swirling flitterflies. It now says fireflies, which is a bit weird. So they've actually changed the text and put it into a rule. Um, but basically that big lumbering stag beetle, which I never loved the model of, to be honest, anyway, um, doesn't move. It explodes into magic and turns into a load of bugs. Um, and, uh, you know, so when I'd, I'd had Sylvaneth in first edition and moved away from it, um, to play Draconis for a bit. And when I came back to Sylvaneth, I'd been doing Living City for a long time. So I've got quite a lot of order background. I'd been playing Wood Elves right in the end times and I'd only just started painting them when they killed the world. So, um, that was sort of my port into Wanderers and Sylvaneth. So, um, it was just as, uh, Malign Portents had come out. Um, so that malign sorcery, malign portents, malign sorcery, the one with all the endless spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, I got hold of a ton of uh, the Emerald Life Swarm and I got the swirls from um, the Thelton Prime's base. And I made sure to keep the uh, head on the kind of left-hand side of the image with the big clump of blue of the beetle. Uh, and its claws are sort of within the swirls as well. So you've still got the attack profile in there. So if anyone does say anything about WYSIWYGIGO, <laughs> 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 <Yeah, fuck. laughs> um, 
and I, I kind of hung the whole thing up on uh, a tree in the back there. So um, that is, I don't think I've actually got an image of her painted, which is a mistake. I'll have to find one. Um, it's great though, uh, like seeing that in its sort of purest form is actually really good. And in some respects, it's, it's better than seeing the painted version for being able to see the process. Yeah, the so, this, yeah. Sure. And I, I've recently revisited it because I've been working for Chris Chan to exit 23 games a bit uh, when they go to Expos, and he's the importer for Turbo Dork Paints. So, oh, okay. the, the Beatles Carapace, I've gone back over that with one of their uh, Color Shift paints, whereas previously I tried to do it by hand and was never super happy with it, largely because I rushed it to take part in uh, the first Blood Tithe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where I took Sylvaneth and did abysmally with them. Um, so she got a bit of a glow up as well. I put her into more of like a Sephiroth, like anime flying forwards pose. Um, I think one of her toes got lost in that. So it's actually the thumb from an old zombie. Um, <laughs> she's got, she's had the headdress taken off cause she's in war aspect. So again, with green stuff, as Lyndon was talking about, she's kind of got that longer hair and she's inspired by the old wood elf queen which is aerial mage queen which is kind of this crazy kind of uh mage with moth wings uh butterfly wings so i took the uh wings i can't remember if it's from the plague drones or from the uh blight lords on flies but anyway i had some wings in a bits box for some reason i don't know why but i had them uh and so they they went on there, and I just filled in the holes and kind of smoothed them out to make them look a bit more um, still a bit more wood elfy, I should say, because actually the Sylvaneth are pretty spiky and malign, yeah. uh, but mine are probably a bit closer in image to um, the Warhammer world uh, of old with uh, kind of you know wood elves themselves. Um, and I've I've actually got you can see on the right hand side of this image um, the a spirit host coming out of one of the soul amphora. Yeah, I know. So that, she yeah. shatters those to summon, and I've swapped out the the head of the spirit host for uh, a dryad's head, and there's a couple of those on the back as well. So it's like she's summoning the, uh, it literally is summoning uh, the army along with her, um, <coughs> which was kind of fun. And you you uh, were the... you were really traumatized by WYSIWYG, weren't you? You were like every fucking <laughs> model has to hit the yeah. exact bit on the war scroll. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I was just, um, I, I love the Wood Elves and I loved Athel Lauren in uh, in the Old World. And so on this one, it was just like, how much detail can I fit in there? Um, uh, so there we go. Um, in terms of that sort of thing, again, for Living City, uh, <coughs> having uh, access to um, Endless Spells was quite useful. So this is my uh, Endless Spell Portal. Uh, this is a shit resolution image, but basically... Um, the portals themselves are just the plastic from a blister pack that I've cut out with a scalpel. Ah. Um, and then I had some broken branches left over from my Wildwoods because they've been going to tournaments for 10 years, so I've got a bag full of broken branches. <laughs> um, stuck them to a base, glued that, and then it's just twisted green stuff onto it. And um, yeah, um, I, I, I put just sprayed the whole thing white, swirled in some paint, and it's got the little... Um, the little uh, squirrel there from the um, halfling blood bowl. Yeah, I was going to well. say that. So that must be the blood bowl one. Yeah, yeah the, the famous got, squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have, I have, I did actually buy that entire set just for that squirrel. <laughs> I'm going to a blood bowl tournament this weekend for the first time in about five years. I've got no idea how the new rules work, and I'm not. I don't even have the halflings built. They're still on sprue, <laughs> so um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so that was kind of fun. Um, someone someone hit me up on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, so I can't shame them. But they were like, oh, those are amazing. I'd love you to make some for me. And I was like, okay, great, and quoted them. And they were like, oh, I wasn't expecting to spend that much money. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that did take me several hours. And 
you know, um, you know, they were like, oh, I thought maybe like twenty quid. I was like, are you joking? What? <laughs> do you know what minimum wage is in the country? Yeah. Do you know what else I can do for a living? Anyway, um, so I'll stick with order for a minute, just because it's kind of my journey through Age of Sigmar. Um, I was always a Chaos player um, back in the day. I had Skaven, I had Beastman, I had Warriors of Chaos, Legions of Chaos in End Times. Um, so it's only coming into Age of Sigmar and I suppose Wood Elves at the end of Fancy that I did order. So I got super excited about order. Um, first thing I did uh, really was kind of mixed order. So I put together this Dragon Lord when he loads. Oh, wow. Uh, and um he's essentially it's the old it's the like really old like 90s uh dra plastic dragon head and neck and then the body of it is the black dragon but it's actually the forge world one uh which is the warp fire dragon which is a slightly weird one with the column so the tail's yeah. different i think maybe the arms as well i actually bought the warp fire dragon pretty bashed up off ebay for pretty cheap um because i knew i was going to be converting it uh so i quite often will troll ebay for like if i'm like oh i want to do a dragon i'll like look up forge world dragon or something and see, mm. do you know what i mean and like just troll yeah. a little bit um and then the the rider is just straightforward it's the champion from the old metal well not the old old metal but the old <laughs> metal dragon princes uh so dragon blades in new money before they got fucking canned and i got a three thousand point army but... <laughs> got rid of but never mind thanks games workshop um and then the basing is just sort of uh one of the shattered dominion bases cut out so i kept the detail bit in the front there and then it's just lots of clump foliage and washes of uh kind of stuff on there there's a little the little high off symbol below the neckline yeah. of the dragon is just taken from the sky cutter you know the old like weird eagle boat yeah uh for the the sea guard i, I had that lying around because i used the eagles for warhawk warhawk riders uh for my old wood elves um so this guy was accompanied i like monsters if that hasn't been obvious. <laughs> i'm gonna show you loads of monsters and nothing else um so the next guy, this guy got quite some traction on uh, Games Workshop's Facebook page back in the day. Um, he was for my living city, as you can tell from the logo. Uh, it's just my free guild griffin. Um, and the thing, I love the griffin. I think it's an amazing sculpt, like way ahead of its yeah. time. But as we were talking about rank and file games earlier, it was very much hamstrung by needing to be rank and file. Mm. So it's kind of hunched down. It had like almost like, uh, you know, DeLorean gull wing yeah. wings kind of reach over the the infantry next to them so i just stood the thing up just cut out big bits of it uh, as lyndon was saying like leaving cavities and just like shoving sprue and green stuff in there until there wasn't a hole and kind of brutally sculpting feathers in uh it's one of my favorite things i ever did i'll just show you the uh painted picture and uh i don't know if it's high enough resolution but notice this guy's left arm is gauntleted at the moment um, my housemate said, um, how are you going to time to Living City? So I ended up with like a Tree Revenant hand, the left hand, which is the <laughs> same hand that Alariel has. Um, and the, the idea is that Godric, the kind of free guild general of the uh, Living City, had saved some uh, saved some wood elves at some point and almost been mortally wounded and was brought brought back by, by Alariel to lead her uh, kind of forces around and protecting the, uh, the, the Living City and Thondia um so he he was quite good and this this was an experiment in color theory as well um kind of looking at the triadic um color wheel so it's quite difficult to balance um purple sometimes and um this was looking at what happens if you put orange which is the other part of the circle from kind of a viridian green and a deep purple um and that kind of ended up being the theme for the army although a lot of the time it was just kind of orange on the bases with green cloaks and a bit of purple but 
he was kind of the first step to figuring out if that would work as a color scheme. Um, and again, that was a challenge for my housemate, Andy, who's a significantly better painter than I am, but also paints at the speed of a glacier. Yes. Uh, so like he's been working on the same corn army since 2008. Wow. Uh, and obviously they've released a lot of corn models in that yeah. time. So he's kind of constantly against the, uh, but yeah, if you find at warp tunneler on Twitter, his corn stuff is absolutely out of this world good. I pay most of his armies because I'm quick. <laughs> I'm really quick. But, you know, so we, we, we have a good back and forth about color theory, conversions, and that sort of thing. So I think that kind of continues to be inspiring. Um, we talked about Alex Jones earlier. I'm wearing yeah. his hat. Um, <clears throat> he did an incredible steam tank conversion, uh, and I wholeheartedly stole it, and I'm calling that out before I show you, <laughs> uh, but to make a Hurricaneum. Uh, where he put the dwarf death roller from Blood Bowl. And nice. I think Blood Bowl and Necromunda are amazing sources of conversion material. Yeah. Like the sculpts are incredible. <laughs> the resin's much nicer to work with, yeah. with than the old Forge World resin. So this is literally a Hurricaneum turned around with a death roller stuffed onto it. Uh, the little altar bit from the back of um, whatever the Daughters of Cain thing's called Blood Rack Shrine. Sure. Um, and actually, I don't have that wizard on there anymore now I'm looking at it. So this is an early build. Um, that's like the old metal Saint Celestine from 40k. So she's probably worth a fortune and I shouldn't cut, <laughs> shouldn't cut her up. Uh, but never mind. And I think I got this Hurricane off Jack Armstrong. So I should have known at that point that they weren't very good in that moment. Uh, he's um, selling it. He's constantly baiting people on their <laughs> Twitter, isn't he? Like this week, it was like, what, a couple of corn models, a couple of other bits and pieces. And it was like, oh, I'm just casually painting yeah. this. And every, all the people are, who watch his Twitter account to see what's going to be good are probably just going like, I can't fucking, I can't cope. What is it? Yeah, what's yeah, it going to yeah. be? <laughs> yeah, this is it, totally. Um, so you can see kind of, uh, as Lyndon was saying, like you're just trawling through bit boxes, uh, filling in gaps where things don't quite make sense. Um, obviously replacing replacing wheels that are broken all, all that kind of stuff um so that's what's going on there um i've just got a few more so um i was a big order draconis player and i was a big living city player and sylvaneth and mixed order player so i was pretty upset when draconis got canned because i'd already lost all of my highborn i'd already lost all of the you know like i've I've had basically every order army that has been canned and not ever bought any of the new ones. So I'm not too upset about it in reality because I'm, I'm aware the game's been out a long time and the point of Age of Sigma was they wanted to sell new models. But it has meant that each year I've basically had to paint something fresh because my armies keep getting legended. So uh, so you're, you're, you're another person we should follow on Twitter just to not yeah, yeah, yeah. buy Anything the same I'm stuff yet. Don't fucking buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've had this conversation where you told me about your run of armies that just all got squatted Mate. and stuff. And I was like, oh my god. And it's always when I've just figured out <laughs> yeah. how to play with them as well. Like I I'm pretty competitive, but I don't play that much, um, especially these days. Uh and I, d I think I get in my own head, so like I, I defeat myself a lot at tournaments. But I kind of just about figure out how the army works and then it gets put in the bin and I'm like, okay, great. Uh so that's it. But so long story short, when the Storm Drake Guard came out, I um I I did some. So this is one of mine. Um, which is an Order Draconis uh knight on top of a Storm Drake Guard mount. So I've got four or five actually uh the first Dragon Lord I showed you, he's now on that size base. So he's mine. my knight draconis. Uh, and I've got uh, four of these guys painted up. Is that true or is it six? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> some. 
Um, and yeah, so it's kind of freehand banner, the world dragon banner top from back in the olden days. Um, the uh, the kind of dryad arm has come in as well. Uh, the idea being, being that the last kind of ride of the Order of Draconis were resurrected into um, Giran, the realm of life. Um, to ride the new forest dragons um, as the kind of storm drakes were being hatched, kind of when the Seraphon found them in some big ship or whatever it was. There was some lore. I read it <laughs> um, so I was quite excited when they came out, um, and the idea uh, was to get that army ready for some team events. Um, it didn't quite work out because it ended up that Sylvaneth got a good new book and. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I've, I've played quite a few games with them. I was going to take them to uh, Shropshire Slaughter last year, but I got COVID. So that was going to be their one run out in Living City when Living City was right. good. So I had four of them and four uh, Pulminators yeah. when that was like the absolute hotness. Yeah. Like the week that it was good. And that was also the week that I had COVID, <laughs> the only time I've had no. it. So I was like, great. So uh, that was good. Um, and then the final guy from that army I want to show before a couple of my ogres is uh, this guy. And I'm proud of him because I put him back together recently. Oh, um, wow, yeah. It's my, my phoenix. Um, the guy on top uh, is basically the witcher, uh, but an elf. Um, and that just kind of came together. Uh, I went to a narrative event in early 2020, like January 2020 in Bristol. And they were like, we need a champion guy. And we'll write you. A, there was like a custom war scroll. It was a competitive event, but with an extra guy. Like, oh, okay. Hugh at, like Hugh at Bad Moon did one where yeah. everyone gets a gotcha. Oh, like the anvil of apotheosis. Was it using yeah, those exactly. rules? Yeah. It, it actually, I don't think it actually oh, was, right. uh, but they. I think they used that to yeah. write a champion and yeah. gave everyone access to him. Okay. Um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, put put him on a phoenix with a little cat because you know. Oh yeah, I didn't. I, I, I'd missed the cat. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I moved on to. Uh, I'll just show you one of my full armies. So that's a commission army I did. Um, so that's uh, big war, but with Kragnos. So that's an old Forge World. Um, the Legion of uh, Asgore? That's Legion it, Asgore. yeah, the kind of main guy from that, with a few kind of Cruel Boys conversions on him, on nice. Kragnos's base, obviously. Uh, Gobsprack, 3D printed Rogue Idol, which is my first time doing a 3D printed model. Which absolutely has been nerfed, obviously. I know, <laughs> um, and that was basically an exercise in dry brushing lots of grey and then sticking basing materials on top of it. Yeah. It's one of my favourite paint jobs I've ever done. It was one of the easiest <laughs> I've ever done, uh, which, you know, tells you a lot. And then I went on to ogres. Um, so this is kind of this is useful again for green stuffing. So uh, metal cruncher used to be kind of a must take in the oh, old book. So good, so I used good. To have like three three frost lords on stonehorn. Uh, so this guy mm. I sculpted in the the metal cruncher jaw. So it was obvious. Uh, again, WYSIWYG. Oh my yeah. god! Really, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering trauma here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I might have to talk to a therapist. Um, so that that was kind of the process for that and the whole point of the ogre's army is i wanted to, to be highly customized and strangely linden uh also ice themed and wolves from the space wolves range yeah indeed so um this believe it or not uh is a Monfang cavalryman uh i know that it looks like a rock gut that's taking a wolf for a walk uh he's not touching his bum there that's actually a lead <laughs> from the uh, the chain trap so he's literally on a chained lead um, and he's got little snowshoes on his feet, which are taken from the backpack of the um, Goliath Stimmers from Necromunda. They've got these like webbing frames. So I stuck them on his feet because um, I thought, you know, trolls probably aren't very good at moving through ice because they're a bit stupid, aren't they? So snowshoes mm. will help. 
Um, so, and the resin basing uh, is something that actually, and I think this is something that people should do as well. Like I live in a flat in London. I, don't, I can't do resin casting. So actually uh, Jimbo, formerly of the Mitzi and Jimbo show, now of the Games Workshop uh, AOS team, uh, cast those up for me during lockdown and like absolute babe, did it for free, sent them to me in the post and was like, you know, do you do your hobby, man? Uh, so big shout out to him. Uh, he did the whole army as well, including, although I don't have a picture of it, uh, the final thing, which is Kragnos, uh, which I don't know if, well, you might have seen him or not, but um, here's my Kragnos, and that's kind of the most recent big thing I've done for myself because it's all been commissioned shit ever since. Had the joy of playing against this army at uh, Shropshire Slaughter. Uh, we had a uh, <laughs> we we had it we had a comedy of errors in that game. I'd say we both contrived to try and lose it as quick as we could. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever played worse Warhammer, but also I don't think you've. I, oh. Well, I imagine you've played better Warhammer. Let's yeah. put it that way. Oh, it was <laughs> so it was we it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Great game, the loved game it. Five on like it was, table yeah. three as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were like within touch of being on the podium, and we both just like oh. dribbled onto our ears. Um, yeah, so Krag Kragnos, I didn't think looked uh, angry enough or happy enough. Because he's going around destroying stuff and exploding. It's Wizzy. It's Wizzywig bellowing rage. It's yeah, Wizzywig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so um, Lyndon will recognise this from what he's been working on. Uh, this is the corn head from Dorgar, Archaon's mount, um, with green stuff dreadlocks, which again is just literally green stuff kind of braided and wrapped, wrapped together and just stuck on. And then there's little icons from the main uh, Kragnos kit covering the bits where I stuck it on. It's as simple as that. Um, I didn't like his mace. I think it looks stupid. Uh, so I gave him a kind of more elegant spear, which is like a double length. Uh, you can't see it in the image because for some reason I've not got the full image there. That's just a zoomed in one. But there we go. Um, it's from the uh, the Morgast with the, the halberd. So it's a double length one of them because otherwise he wouldn't be able to reach down. Yeah. And he's got reach three. So uh, again, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was just great fun. And I, I guess I, the joy of the ogres has been moving away from being quite restricted by order because I've gone from mixed order to Draconis to Sylvaneth and back again through Living City. I've got about 8,000 points of stuff with the same basing style. Right. Uh, and so if I suddenly wanted to do a Stormcast army, I kind of am like, oh, it's, I probably should do them in the same basing style. Yeah. And I've been doing that basing style literally since 2013 before AOS existed. Um, so it's been really nice to move to destruction. It suits my playstyle, obviously, having run triple dragons and Alariel and big monsters. The reason my Alariel always dies is I throw her at people. I think that's what you should do with wizards. Yeah. So I think this season might be interesting. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I just loved painting the ogres. It's a bigger canvas ultimately, and I got really hooked on painting doing the Inquisitor models because they're bigger. Um, so I think you can just do a little bit more um, when you have more space, really. Um, so yeah brilliant fantastic things excellent right i've got some questions well let's uh drop those off perfect uh close stream me with all the technical those those were both fantastic so i'm going to put you both on the spot and i'm going to say um what's your top three tips for people who want to get into converting um it's just like a first um i think I said it before, build the bits box is a very good way to start. Um, it, like I said, if you, if you build anything from any sort of spruce, 
just cut the bits off. And if it looks, if you think, you know what, I could use this down the line, just stick it. I use a little, uh, I think it's like a jewelry, uh, jewelry case with loads of segmented parts and give it up how you want. But just put it in there. You never know when you want it. And then when you want to convert something, you don't have to buy a 30 quid model. It's, you've already got it there. And I mean, to kind, to kind of justify me doing this, any bit you don't want, you think I'll never use that. Chop it, stick it in a box, and then I want you to get a lot of it, sell it on eBay, and get something to, because somebody might use it, somebody might see it on a bitch box and buy it. So I'll give you a bit of revenue back. So build a bitch box for me is probably one of the most important bits because it just allows you to do so much with it and save you so much money. Um, I, I don't need me to do all three or go back to what I or what. Uh, yeah, well, less bounce between you gives you time to think yeah, on them too. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think um, you know, read read some law if you like. There's loads of stuff, and actually, Age of Sigmar is really expansive and open uh, in terms of the law, and we maybe don't realize that when we don't kind of read the background of the books. We're focused mm. on playing games. Like it's it can be quite expiring how open ended it is um you know i'm i'm having played a lot of like diablo and warcraft over the years as well i'm struck by kind of like how the setting is a bit more um kind of like the world of sanctuary or it's a bit more high it's a bit more high fantasy than it is grim dark as the warhammer fantasy was or historical fantasy so there's loads of opportunity to do all sorts of stuff i mean you just you know have a concept like like you know wolf and chaos like they worship a chaos god that's great so get stuff from 40k like um i always start by just if it's a new army i'm like well what models do i like and what models do i really not like and how can i move the ones i need for the game closer to the ones i like mm. so yeah. for example with my sylvaneth my kernoth hunters and i like the kernoth hunters models but i think and i and i like the tree lord model as well and i'm always quite jealous of other people's like stock builds because when they've just built them and painted them i'm like oh that looks really great but I think my initial response to them was that I didn't really love the new design direction, having played Wood Elves. So, like, they used to be yeah. a bit more gnarly uh, and a bit less smooth. Uh, and so, for my Tree Lord, uh, my Durthu, uh, it's magnetized, Tree Lord Ancient Durthu, whatever. And for my Kernoth Hunters, I've turned them into Tree Revenant style stuff, which is interesting because I did that in like 2015. And then we get the. Um, the or whatever the flying ones are called, who cares? Uh, and the. the, the the arch revenant <clears throat> as well and you spike revenants the... there we go spike uh, revenants. they were out already the um oh. so tree revenants and spike revenants are a dual Is it the crossword arches uh, yeah them yeah. so suddenly the range is full of actual elf spirit tree people whereas previously it was like here's one unit of well two units of elf spirit tree people and the rest is just a pour of half of the wood elf army and i was like well that's the cool bit the bit with the spirit guys so i got a load of uh just random plastic elf heads and torsos and cut out very very brutally just like built the kernel hunters without the heads and then cut out the chest cavity and shoved an elf chest in there and was did like magic swirly bits with green stuff incredibly like just roughly and then with painting with like you know a bright blue over white or something it looks like a magic effect and put elves in and was like cool so now my kernel hunters look like the unit that's on the cover of the book that i really like which is the tree revenants and i guess games workshop had the same thought because they've gone oh well that's the usp that we have now mm. for this army it's not ents which they also made a plastic kit off for lord of the rings this is the dead wood elf spirits have been brought back to life by alariel 
in trees so we're moving in that direction so like it's just like a bit of inspiration from a piece of art you like um some of the best conversions i see on twitter uh, or instagram is like not even people who are making armies it's like they're recreating a army cover or like a piece of art by adrian yeah. smith or john blanche or whoever it was like if something inspires you like try and make it i think uh would be is that my second piece of advice then uh, yeah we'll call that too because i'm conscious yeah. of time we've got sort of like 20 yeah. odd minutes and there's a couple of bits um uh, that i know you guys would like sure to thing. talk about and by the way if anyone's in the chat and you've got some questions for uh, for the guys throw them in and we'll try and cover them right at the end of the show and um, so lyndon i'm going to say one more one more tip uh for you so not three i've cut it to two because um, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to have a chat with you both about um the, the events you've got coming up um and then just some really super quick thoughts on uh, on the new ghb so lyndon one more top tip cool. for um uh yeah yeah obvious i'll go so i'll go, go quickly um i think you should try and use this community to your advantage there's since i've, I've been in the aos scene as it were um <clears throat> Everybody's been so friendly. Um, everybody on Twitter, on Instagram, people see it silence and speak in person. If you see something you really like and you want to try and emulate, just just contact him. Um, um, everybody I've ever asked, and I've done it many multiple times, um, and how to do things or how they've done something, they've been so happy to help, and it just makes things so easy. And they've they've already crossed a thousand bridges to get to where they are, which you're obviously sat there waiting to cross. But if you speak if you speak to him, you're gonna cut all that in half and you're going to save yourself so much time um, yeah. and that might give you some more inspiration uh, i mean just very very quickly i mean just especially in, uh, around element games uh, if anybody's seen some of the um, huge stuff um, from some yeah. points on on instagram and twitter his telephone is incredible and you know he's done everything um so for example if you if you really want to build a cell phone army just speak to him get some ideas and he's such a nice bloke. He's, he's more than happy to help. Alex, another one, he does some incredible armies. And there's, there's loads of people in this community. So just use this community um, to, to, your, to your benefit and just try and get as much out of it as you can. Everybody's willing to help. I think um, I think that's why I am uh, so terrified if Twitter goes down the shitter and it really goes <laughs> because that is, you know, I, I absolutely am on Twitter all day, every day with connection to the to the community and you know and i think that yeah you're absolutely right i don't think i've ever encountered anyone who's really sort of gone no i'm not going to help yeah. you out with that or whatever hugh's army by the way yeah sump works on twitter oh my god it's so good yeah. he never runs the same list twice either so he always paints something new for the next tournament like the man's yeah and he's just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet um, Such a nice bloke. Every time I see his army, it's best painted every time. Yeah. It takes so much effort. The amount of passion has gone for that is incredible. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Okay. Um, so we've got a question for the chat from the chat. Um, it's from uh, a little little guy called Mark. Um, Mark, it's nice of you to join us. Um, it's past your bedtime, I know, but um, good of you to stay up late. Um, hopefully you're uh, not too overtired tomorrow and you don't annoy your colleagues. But um, his question is, who's your favourite gaff member? And that's for everyone. So, um, uh, Linda, let's put you on the spot first. Who's your oh, favourite gaff member? Joe, you know I was hoping you were going to make me go last, but now I have to think of the spot, don't I? I like everybody just the same. Oh, <laughs> what a, oh, you must have splinters on your ass from sitting on the fence with that one, mate. <laughs> Um, Mark says, past his bedtime, last I checked, I was your daddy. That won't last long. And yes, you beat me while I was uh, in insufferable pain, mate, uh, which I've never... I'll have you at the next event, mate. That's it. Uh, Adam, who's your favourite gaff member? Um, 
I'm first hearing of Gaff today, so it would have to be Lyndon. Uh, I'm I'm devastated to say that uh, whilst I've spent a lot of my time in in, uh, in the northeast, I've rarely been to Hull, uh, which you know is my loss. But yeah, it's got to be Lyndon. We've had a great chat. Brilliant. So I played hockey there in the snow once. It was yeah. abysmal. Well, funnily, funnily enough, Mark's event is uh, it's something in the snow, so you should try and get up to okay. it. Or we'll be talking about an event that's coming up. Well, actually, Mark's is technically first, but we'll be talking about another one in a second uh, that's in Hull. Uh, so who's my favourite gaff member? Um, JJ. There we go. <laughs> the one that nobody saw coming. Uh, I, I, I play JJ at Warhammer World uh, with his Soul Blight. Uh, I think I was taking my Ogres or my Stormcast. Had a lovely game. Lovely bloke. Uh, genuinely just happy, smiley. Uh, love him to bits. Great guy, JJ. So he's my favourite gaff member. Um, so there we go. So we're into that. Mark, that ruined my day. Won't bother next time. Mate, if you're fishing for compliments, you've come to the wrong fucking place. So uh, I alluded to it uh, just uh, beforehand. So you've both got some very exciting events uh, coming up that I'd love to talk to you about um, uh, super, not super quickly, but within the allotted time frame. So, um, so Adam, you were telling me about this uh, fantastic concept uh, and event that you've got uh, that you're going to be running. So tell us about it. Yeah, so um, I, I, I do a bit of work with uh, Rule Zero, which is a gaming bar in East London in Hackney Wit, uh, and they're great. So if you're in, like, come and buy a cocktail, come and watch our films and what have you. Uh, but we've been trying to figure out how we can actually make money out of running uh, Warhammer events, because otherwise the space is used for other things, and that sucks because I can see it out of this window and I'd like to hang out there. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, we've been to a couple of doubles events. We've been to a lot of team events in Angel uh, over the years. And uh, Tim Willoughby, who uh, runs Rule Zero, used to work for Magic Madhouse um, and is a world-renowned kind of like uh, magic streamer and commentator, uh, has got into Age of Sigmar through Angel, basically, through us hanging out there. And he wants to run some events. And he was like, well, the best way of doing it is having as many people in the room playing as few games as possible uh, and also that's going to be the most fun so we're doing a team we're doing a series of team events we don't know what the first day will be yet but it'll be 16 players uh so four teams of four uh, a one day team event which i haven't been to uh and it's also doubles at the same time so how that then works if you think about it is over your three games you will play with each of your three teammates so i might be partnered uh pete with you for the first game i might then be partnered with Lyndon with the second game uh and mark if you can get out of bed uh, <laughs> having gone off in a sulk in the third game right so each team yeah exactly as i say uh and then we can have 16 players around four boards which means we can run it super well we've got loads of terrain at angel but we can build some proper themed boards uh, and then the idea is to kind of give each each one a kind of 80s action film kind of theme. So like Hell in a Cell is like, you can't deep strike, you can't teleport, you're on the board. So that's the armies you need to bring. And then there'll be one that's like, all your heroes get an artifact. Uh, do you know what I mean? So like, there's going to be different ones. We're going to try and run them quarterly. Uh, the date we've kind of run about is uh, kind of 23rd-ish of September, which is a Saturday that's not an official announcement, but hopefully we'll be able to do that in the next week or two. Tickets are going to be 35 quid a player, which I think is fair. Um, it means we can cover our costs. Uh, it's it's a one day, so I'd, I'd liked it to have been about 30, but we just can't do it. 
for less but uh, I guess that means the team's got a whole day out for 140 quid between them and we've got a really good bar and restaurant there too so that is the current uh, Angel events plan. That sounds fantastic. I mean, we were talking before the show and you told us about the concept and yeah. uh, both myself and Lyndon were like, wow, that sounds like absolutely fun. If I if I lived southernly, uh, I, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely be uh, considering it. It's a bit bit far for me to travel uh, from Manchester, but um, I definitely, yeah. um, if you uh, tag me when you announce it, I'll definitely give it a retweet and uh, yeah, give, give, yeah, give, um, give it a shout out on the show again. So um, so that's Rule Zero in London. Um, I do follow them on Twitter, actually, and they do always look as if they've got good events going on, good drinks uh, and, and so good, on. So, I'm the producer of the event, so I hope uh, okay. that good. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, and I didn't know that, so I'm not even just sort of okay, saying that. Yeah, so. Um, and, quite pleased, yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant. And Lyndon, uh, you have an event coming up uh, in October. Certainly, yeah. So last year we ran the um, Gap Jamboree um, in November. Uh, this all stemmed from very similar to the Bobo. We, our, our whole group loved Bobo. It was, it was the best event we've been to. Just the laid back, you know, the people run it. I'm not sure. I think it was John. John was amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm painting this for John right now. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Such a <laughs> such a good guy, and yeah. it's just such a laid back, relaxed, fun atmosphere. Um, uh, so we thought there's not really that much going on in the whole AOS wise. Um, Mark won some fantastic events, and he started to pick up. Um, so we want to do something similar to Bobo with our own little twist on it. Um, so last year we ran it, we absolutely loved it. Um, I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore, to be fair. So. This year we're back, um, 21st and 22nd of October. The Gap Jamboree we go again. Um, I've got Mark to help me this year, um, and the kind of concept of it is again stupid. Loads of mini games. I don't want people who are the best <clears throat> to win everything because everybody's paid a ticket to get there. So whether you're you go zero and five or you're the middle of the pack, I want everybody to win something. So there's mini games, there's spot prizes. Some of them are great, some of them aren't, some of them are funny. So it's it's just a bit bit of a mess around. Um, it's forty quid um, for the for the two days. Um, put it in the hall. It's not typically <laughs> great great place great place in the world. It's quite cheap. Um, so there's loads of places to stay, loads of places to eat and stuff near it. Um, and it's just a big mess around. And um, alcohol gets served there, and we just have a have a proper blast. So. Plenty of fun to a match around. Whether you're good at war or you're not, it's going to come for a drink. Just come. Um, it's a good laugh. So if you, if you want any tickets, it's um, 40 quid to Grand Alliance Friendship um, at gmail.com um, for the uh, PayPal. And yeah, we'll see you there. I um I will be there. I have my ticket. I uh, I've, I remembered the other day that I hadn't booked my hotel. So uh, myself and uh, Tom Blacksall from uh, the Mad Gaming, we uh, we booked a hotel. We're staying in the Ibis, uh, reasonably priced for two nights. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so we will be there. Um, I I loved your pack, and it, again, it sort of shows that I am someone who reads the pack. So in the pack, it was like there's some reasonable hotels, blah blah blah. And if you can't find one, you can always sleep on a park bench, although we don't recommend it. And I was like, fantastic! I love that sort of um, uh, uh, cheekiness in the pack. I think uh, is the best way of describing it. Um, have you got uh, ha- still tickets available for people if they want to go? Yeah, certainly tickets available. We've got quite a few sold to be fair, yeah. um, but there are still some available. So somebody. 
want to stick it in, want to pay later, just contact me on Twitter, Instagram, or anything, and I'm happy to say them no issues at all. Um, but yeah, there's still some more available. I, 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 the, the venue's great. Uh, Hull isn't as bad as uh, you make out. Uh, you know, I've definitely been to worse places. It's a cheap yeah. weekend away. Uh, if you need another reason, I guess it's um, that my birthday's like nine days before it, but I'm going to celebrate my Warhammer birthday at. Daft Jamboree, so uh, I expect. Oh, you should have told me that, Pete. You should yeah. have told me that. Well, I'm on the mic. I'm on the mic now. So. That's fine. That's fine. I've got a whole show. I've got an audience of literally <laughs> seven people watching us right now, uh, and there's literally tens of people who listen to the podcast afterwards. Uh, so you know, but no, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've I've not got many events uh, this year uh, with having to do the dissertation and uh, various bits and bobs. So um, this is one of my three remaining events for the year, and I've, I've prioritised this over other events. And um, so I'm really looking forward to it. So. Um, I uh, I look forward to it. Hell, I might even do some face painting. I might fuck it. I oh, might I might even good. get really into the spirit of it. So there's going to uh, be a lot of face painting there. So so yeah. So um so just uh, both of you, if you can just give a shout out for your Twitter handle, so that people can give you a shout about the events, or you know if they want to get any other tips or hobbies, or just want to follow you on uh, Twitter to see what you're doing. So Adam, if you give a shout out to your Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, I'm generally um, at Hadriel Kane, uh, which is with an E on the end, like the guy, two two characters out of Diablo 2. Um, but I'm increasingly using my personal handle, which is just at Adam Kunis, uh, largely because I'm an actor and I want Henry Cavill to notice uh, <laughs> that I'm in the hobby. Uh, yeah, so that's me, at Hadriel Kane. Brilliant. And Lyndon? So, yeah, my Twitter handle is gaff underscore moonhead. That's because my head is massive. You can see the person. <laughs> You're blowing mine. Um, and I also account for most of my stuff on Instagram-wise on the Grand Alliance Friendship Instagram. So they're the two places to contact me. Brilliant. Um, so uh, we'll... Thank you both for being on the show. We've got sort of like five, ten minutes left. Um, we'll, we'll quickly jump into your thoughts on the uh, new GHB and what you're planning on running. Um, but uh, thank you both for being on the show. I've really enjoyed it. And um, if you've enjoyed listening to the show, you can um, uh, you can subscribe and follow. I think that's what you're supposed to say. Subscribe and follow, or you can follow me on Twitch. Um, you can find me on uh other social media networks, mainly Twitter. I have that new threads thing. It's only a backup in case Twitter blows up. So New GHB, have either of you managed to play it yet? Not yet. I've nope, got a game same. on Thursday. <laughs> okay, so good. We're all in the same boat there, so none of us have yeah. played it. Uh, what's your initial thoughts on it? So we don't have time for a deep dive, uh, but what's your initial thoughts on the new GHB? They've done, yeah, um, go on. Okay. After, after okay. Every time there's a GHB, and it always sends like this one. Oh, it's a magic one. It always tends to be the anti-magic in this case <laughs> that's going to prevail. And that's I can't... exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I cannot see a way just looking at the bits I have, especially with things like Blaze of Car at the moment already doing really well. I can't see how armies like that aren't going to, going to absolutely smash. So I, I think anti-magic is the only way to go, and I think that's the way I'm going to try and go as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, f I fully agree. Um, having been to Clash recently and um, flown a bit close to the sun, I kind of had expectations to go in and get uh, a consecutive 4-1 with my Ogres. Having got some actual practice with them, uh, I, I ended up on two, two, to, two for three, which is, uh, for me, not a great result uh, with that army. And um, it was largely because I ran into um, Null Myriad and Corn and Soulblight, and I was just like... This is just 
I can't deal with the magic output they've got. Yeah. And I can't do anything. Um, I think, yeah, I think Corn and Noel Myriad are going to be fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, and neither of them got hit particularly with points. I think uh, my, my club mate's incredible, incredible, incredible uh, Noel Myriad list, which he's not lost a unit with yet, let fucking alone a game, um, went up by 10 points, to <laughs> 2010 points. So he's dropped like a thing and is like, like yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, it's just wild, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think the nerfs on corn are maybe a little bit more useful because they've kind of changed how the, the, the kind of cascading effect of changing the blood tithe things mm. you can do also changes one of the grand strats in a battle tactic. Yeah. So their scoring's a little harder, but I think in general, everyone's scoring's a little harder yeah. and they're going to stop all the magic. It's bonkers. I, I, I watched um, I watched some of the Honest Wargamer coverage this weekend and uh, uh, yeah. Peter, Peter Twig, who was on the show uh, previously with Louis, uh, went five and zero with his corn um, beating two Seraphon armies. I think at one wow. point game game four, uh, I came on. I sort of um, what was I doing at the weekend? Fuck knows. I thought I was p- painting some endless spells. Look at the quality, the quality of my work there, chaps. That's two shades of contrast. You can't see it because the bright light. Two shades of contrast with some basing and the rim done. Okay. Fucking hell. Yeah, because that endless spell's pretty fucking good now. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Today, today met somebody for lunch uh, in town and got two different tubes there and back in order to lend them my maelstrom. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty good for, you know, uh, top, <laughs> tier, top tier yeah. tactics for the uh, maelstrom uh, from, from us guys. Yeah. But I turned off the stream uh, and, and I was like, oh, I messaged in the group chat. I was like, yeah, it looks like Corn's come a cropper against Seraphon now. Like, it's you know, he's just, uh, he's, he's turned the, He's done him. And then I came back to it and it was like, fuck, Corn's pulled that out of the bag. And then game five, he played against Seraphon again. Okay, it's only a 24-player tournament, but I think it's two Corn, you know, two uh, Seraphon lists just shutting the magic down. It's Corn's disgusting at the minute. Mel Myriad, two plus. Jesus Christ. You know, I Mm. I said in the last show I did when we were talking about teams and my my teammate was playing Seraphon into Mel Myriad and all I'm listening to at the table is... Nope, that bound. Nope, that saved. That saved. That saved. That more win saved. That more win saved. Oh no, I take one there. That more win saved. That more win saved. And um, so I think you've got like you've you've touched on. You've got Null Myriad. You've got Corn. Soul Blight is still pretty damn good despite oh, really? two rounds of nerfs, really. And then Seraphon are uh, just still mortal wound bombing. I genuinely, yeah. genuinely am at a, a point of paralysis. I've got an event in I think four weeks time maybe five weeks time, whatever. I don't know what army I'm going to run. I just, none of mine seem like they can compete in the current meta. So I've got yeah. mainly, mainly destruction, KO army, which I ran once and fucking, I was the person that lost all their games with it. Cause I didn't bother practicing with it. So I was like, <laughs> Hey, and I only took 10 thunderers when apparently you need to take fucking 30. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think the, I think the battle plans look fun. I think, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it seems to me that, the battle plans have brought some fun back. It'll just be, uh, I think, competitively. When you if you run into the wrong armies at tournaments, you're going to have pretty tough games. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think it's a time to um, start putting the thinking cap on and try and figure out what I can play into those armies. Or if you can't beat them, join them. You know. <laughs> just uh, have you got a Kragnos? I do. Fucking. Yeah, he just him. ignores spells and fucking mm. kills everything. So just paint him. I, he's painted. He's painted. Oh, well, great, I've, there you go. Uh, that, that's, my plan. that's my oh plan. Oh my god! Just run my ogres and do Kragnos. 
Here he is with an ice base as well. Ice hey, base. So my ogres are ice. Yeah. So my Kragnos is painted. Uh, I've put him on the table once in a practice game against someone who'd, <laughs> who'd never played Age of Sigmar before. I gave him my Stormcast list, which was yeah. Long Strikes Dragons, and he no. lifted he lifted Kragnos off the table like with the Long Strikes, and I was just like, "It's fucking Kragnos is shit, man," <laughs> and I've never Dude. recovered from it. <laughs> yeah. Kragnos is the boy. So you gotta, yeah, got to run, Kragnos. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's Kragnos with uh, friends in Meat Fist and uh, and charge things forward and just Meat Fist. Meat Fist got cheaper. Yeah, what the fuck are yeah. they on? Like yeah. I, in general, I think they do quite well with like tweaks. How on earth did the best list in Ogres just get flat cheaper? Yeah. my Meat Fist list is now nineteen twenty points, so I get Brilliant. a free Gorger. Or, or uh, some uh, frost sabers if you just want some, you know, hanging yeah. in the, yeah. Uh, or I can like, you know, and I can now actually swap out all the shit gluttons for yeah. iron guts if I want, yeah. because they're the same cost. Yeah, and, and are, like the but damage, a better I mean, save. Don't need the damage output because the mortal wounds lift to your opponent's yeah. army. But just in case you've got to fight, they're incredible and they can do it twice. Yeah, like. What? Yeah. I don't have any, and I'm livid. I've, I know. Yes. By the way, if you're watching this show and you have managed to buy uh, Adam's previously converted uh, um, oh ogres, yeah. give him a shout, please. He's he's trying to find them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've, um, I've narrowed them down to Australia, and I sold them in 2017. So I think I'm fucked. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Okay, so I think that is our time, chap. So I'm going to thank you again for joining us, uh, joining me this evening. Uh, thank you to the chat for joining us. Um, it's been emotional. Um, hopefully, uh, people have picked up some tips. Uh, I guess the biggest thing or takeaway that I've, I've I've got from this show is that if you want to try your hand at converting try your hand at converting <laughs> if you make mistakes yeah, you're gonna make mistakes exactly. maybe don't start with an archeon and a, a sort of kragnos combination that's like 200 pounds yeah. worth of models maybe start smaller but definitely give it a go um follow these guys on twitter they've been up you know you can see their work loads of it um and yeah it's been it's been real so thank you so much i don't have any guests lined up for next tuesday um and i will probably sort that out or I might have to take a, a week because I'm having stitches out of my knee next Tuesday, so I might be in pain oh. again. Um, Ow. Yeah, so I'm not sure yet. We'll, we'll see. But um, if, if I do get some people on the show, it'll be 8 till 10, as it always is. Uh, this will go out as a podcast at some point. So thank you, everybody. I'm going to call that it. Would you like to do any shout-outs before we, um, we finish the stream, gents? Uh, I'll give a shout out to my housemate Andy, who's just arrived back uh, from being at his other place uh, and made a load of noise at the end, which is quite fun. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Andy, who's a much better painter than I am. He's at Warp Tunneler on uh, Twitter. Brilliant. And uh, just probably um, there's an event in um, in the hall in July, which is Max. Um, he runs great events. He's, he's such a good work. So if anybody's around that, get in contact with Matt. He'll sort you out. And it's the last one. Um, Thanks you, Pete. And I said before the um, show, you know, you've got a lot, a lot of people who wouldn't have the chance to ever have a voice on these sort of things. So, yeah, I think me probably be appreciated. So, cheers, mate. Ah, cheers, mate. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, on that note, I'm going to end the stream. Good evening, everyone. <laughs>